Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. If you really want to be one of the best brewers there is... I stopped uh, dressing all in plastic. You better be brewing five to six times a week. A beer, every beer, is made with love, and it begs to, to be appreciated. I need something to kill the salmonella I'm kind of worried about in the eggs. Do you find that uh, that the hops kind of clash with the uh, chicken embryo you put in there? <laughs> I well, might sleep here tonight. It's a California <laughs> king. There's plenty of room for both of us, Beavis. Yeah. How many of the brewers over there have seen your ass? That's it. Someone's getting cut tonight. All yeah. I have to say is, hey, McDonald, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no. Live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Yes, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us here on The Session. I am drinking a Fieldwork Canopy Pale Ale. <laughs> Me too. Isn't that, it the boss? Holy shit, it's yeah. a good beer. Yeah. It's a really nice pale ale. It's almost gone. So, how the hell did you avoid pale thirty one? That's boring too. Oh, it was beer number two. So I had pale thirty one first, and then I went to the canopy by recommendation of Allison, our bartender tonight. Who uh, I think it's her last night with us. It is her what? Last night, yes. Which uh, with which, the hop grenade? Yeah. With the hop grenade? Yeah. I mean, she's dying. <laughs> she's dying tonight. Yeah, I don't mean like it doesn't. And yeah. she wants to spend her last hours on life <laughs> working, on Earth, at the, serving you beer. Listen, well, it's a good company. Last night with us it. has a different meaning for tasting. <laughs> right. Well, she's telling me she's going to GBF with us. So I, I mean, I'm saying it's not her last night with the Brewing Network. That's true. So she, it's her last night at the Hop Grenade, but yes. we have recruited her to help us at uh, the Great American Beer Great Festival. She's, a, yeah. she's very, very capable. Yeah, she's wonderful, and I'm uh, quite sad that she's leaving us, and um, I'll probably spit in her drink tonight. Uh, what is she doing? Going to she's like dead school to me or something? Yeah, everyone keeps leaving us for like careers. <laughs> she's getting she's taking a professional job. Yeah, school is in no way related to a no. career. Yeah. Uh, no, this is uh, an internship uh, after school sort of thing. I don't know what the hell. Ask her. But she uh, she's dead to me after tonight. So yeah, right. who's dead to you? Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, but she recommended this great fieldwork uh, pale ale, so that's nice. And um, God, we got to get more of this fieldwork stuff in here. It's good beer. 
They got it. She's leaving you with like a, a great final impression. Man, I remember that girl. She recommended the best beers. <laughs> the best, yeah. She was great customer service, great beers. I forget her name. Uh, Amy? Mary or Amy. I don't know. Yeah, she's gone already. All right, we got a lot to do tonight. I want to thank our sponsor, More Beer, our good friends over. You can go to morebeer.com and check it out, and they've been sponsoring this program for uh, over 10 years now, and we love them for it. So go uh, show your support, and, um, yeah, be good to them. They're good to you, and, and they're good to us. Tonight, we are talking about sustainable brewing with our old friend. You might remember our old friend Morgan from Ale Industries. Ale Industries based out of Concord originally, now down to Oakland. Although they yeah. kept a presence here with a tasting room just around the corner, so that's cool. Helping our conquered beer scene. And we're going to talk about sustainable brewing with them, as well as a brewery called Terra Firma. And John Niedermeyer is going to join us as well. He's into uh, sustainable brewing. So we're going to learn about different uh, equipment that you can use and different practices uh, to uh, reuse and, and just become a little more uh, sustainable. Reuse water, reuse heat, alternative fuels, uh, all sorts of things. And we've talked about this uh, topic before. But I think we're going to uh, learn some new things. Uh, there's definitely some new technologies that yeah. people are using really since relevant, then. Yeah. It was years ago, even, that we did the topic. So yeah. um, I'm excited to get to talk about it again. Is a, a, an alternative fuel like, a, like an unleaded gas that feels like an electric current? Uh, I don't wants know. to present as electric? But I'm not sure. No? I'm not sure. Is that a thing? Is that a joke? I think it's, it's a tr- thing. That's a trans fuel, actually. <laughs> yeah, that, that is. That there is. you go. Warren caught on. Okay. Which is very scary to me. Yeah. And, uh, that you, means it's a great joke. You're really going downhill when Beardy catches on. <sighs> yeah. Um, Look, well, it's early, and this uh, beer I'm drinking tastes like uh, chicken broth. So. <laughs> it, it does. <laughs> I won't tell you who it is. Okay. Fieldwork yeah. paleo. But it, <laughs> tastes, it literally tastes like I'm drinking cold cup of soup. It's not because you had ramen before the show? It's definitely the beer? I blew a chicken. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it could be that. All right. So let's get through just a few things so we can get to our show today. Uh, I want to give you a little recap of the uh, <laughs> Mammoth Festival of Beers and Blueza Palooza yes. event that uh, JP and Push and I went to this past weekend. Uh, Tasty was there, and uh, Shimke uh, went up to do some social media work, yeah. uh, which was fun. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but... Uh, what a great festival. It was a good time, and we shot some video for you, so we'll bring that back to you. Um, you know, never a dull moment with the Brewing Network. The BNRV, the bunker, uh, caught fire on the way there. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Wow. Explosion <laughs> <laughs> Which was exciting. Uh, it was very uh, excildy. Probably terrorist. terrorist. Couldn't terrorist. have happened it must have in been a more terrorist. beautiful area. Yeah. We're just in the most scenic of places. <laughs> 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 That's not good. How did you, you're still here. I like the ending of this story. Uh, so, as usual, this story starts with me not being the sharpest tool in the shed. And I did what what all of us do when we're traveling somewhere nowadays. You, uh, you punch the map into Google, and you figure out how to get where you're going. Well, it turns out that with an RV, you should pay a little more attention to the route, especially when going over mountain passes and... <laughs> Other things. Because there's these things called graded roads. Right. Yes. And by the way, this is only where my stupidity begins, not where it (laughs) ends, because there were further warnings. So, you know, I punch it into Google. I'm in Martinez. I punch in Mammoth Lakes, California. It gives me the fastest route there. That's what I'd be doing. And for for those not in California, there is no fastest route there. It's very difficult to get from the Bay Area to the east side of California where Mammoth is. And yeah, yeah, you have to traverse mountains or drive to Reno and then go south. 
Yeah, exactly. And, you, and and even then, you're traversing mountains. Right. That's just a more accessible pass. That's the truck route pass. Uh, so, you know, you're talking eight to 10,000 feet of mountains here. They're, they're big. It's the Sierra Nevadas, I believe. Um, yeah. So, you know, I just picked the one that looked fast. So we Pretty go. windy, but. And, uh, you know, they're all windy on the map. Yeah. Sure. Right. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Squiggly line's a squiggly line. <laughs> so for those of you that are in California, what I chose was Route 108. And if you've ever done, <laughs> if you've ever done this drive, you know what I'm talking about right now. We're going to have some reverb. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm going up. We're, we're headed up the pass, and everything seems fine. And then we pass our first very large billboard type of sign that says, uh, trailered RVs not recommended beyond this point. <laughs> but I, mine's not a trailer. No, I, I no. got We have a Class C. So, I, you know, that's all one piece. So I'm thinking, all right, well, that doesn't apply to me. Uh, I am special. <laughs> this is not a trailered yeah. RV. So uh, another uh, couple minutes down the road, the second very large billboard type of sign says uh, no vehicles over over 27 feet. It actually doesn't say no. It says vehicles over 27 feet are not recommended. Um, oh, which leaves it open right. because you, yeah. you, right. you don't know what kind of driver you are. Right. You know? I happen to be an exceptional driver, so I'm thinking my ours is about 32 feet. So I'm going, hey, what's what's a few feet between friends? <laughs> yeah. You're like the rain man of, of RV driving. Yeah. Yes. Thank yes. you. You're welcome. So we go for it. And, Which, uh, by the way, can I point out that you didn't give anybody, there was no chance for us to say, let's not go for it. Right. It was just, we're just driving, and uh, I'm hanging out the window looking at all the, the scenery, and Push yeah. is doing whatever he does, and you're in your head going, let's go for it, collectively. Yeah, yeah that's just true, yeah. which is usually how things work around here, I guess. That's true. So, um, the uphill climb is rather difficult. It's the first time I've ever had to put the wagon into like first gear and leave it there just to get up these grades. We're talking like twenty seven percent grades here. It's ridiculous. Wow. Um, which you know, hey, that thing runs like a champ. So even with its weight and all that, uh, hey, we're we're good to go. Yeah. Coming down the backside is where we run into a little trouble. You know, now the brakes. Are, uh, so I'm using the you use the gears to slow things down. I know how sure. to drive. Uh, but still, they, they heat up a little bit. And we get, you know, almost through all of it. We're on like the last quarter mile, and I can't, I, I know I got to put her down into first gear, but I can't get first gear to catch. And so I just, I'm in second, and I'm riding the brake, and we make the last turn when the brakes pretty much go out. Like they're now so hot that they're just not working. It went liquid. Uh, yeah, so I've got enough to just pull over, use the e brake. Get us to a stop, and then there's just this wall of smoke just oh. everywhere. You know, which happens. Uh, so, it happens to the best of us. Uh, yeah. so, That's so not I, a big showstopper. Uh, yeah, so I go. It's happened before, or else how would anybody know that it ever happened? Right? It's happened. Exactly right. right. Smoke. Thing. Come on. These things happen. It's not the first time I've lost my brakes for the same reason. So I, I get out and I go, well, we should, you know, where there's smoke occasionally, on the rare occasion, there is fire. Right. Yes. We get out and we we walk around and um, yeah, sure enough, one of those bad boys is on fire. Oh no! <laughs> you could see it in the wheel well. Yeah, the right the right front brake. I look right in through there and sure enough, that thing's on fire. Oh, fuck! So oh, man. man, so instantly I'm like, okay, 
the two things that go through my head, and I yell them both out, I think, equally loud, which is fire extinguisher, fire extinguisher, fire extinguisher. And I turn the other way and go, roll camera, roll camera, roll camera. <laughs> so it's, we got it on camera. JP acts very fast inside, uh, knows right where the, the extinguishers are. He unlocks the door for me. I pull off the extinguisher closest to uh, the door. JP goes for the other one, uh, push rolls tape. I go over to the front wheel. I jam down on the fire extinguisher. Nothing. It breaks off. The, the handle on the top of the fire extinguisher breaks. It, sh- it just cracks right off the thing. Uh, luckily, there's JP right behind me, hands me the second fire extinguisher. You're going, how does this thing work? And I think that's on the tape, too. How does this work? you got to pull the pin out of the Oh, maybe I forgot the pin. Yeah, no, did I, you uh, break the first handle with the pin still in the it? The first no, one didn't I, appear it, to have a pin. It didn't have a handle. It, oh, so it was broken so, so, already. Yes, that black, the black handle, like what you had on the top of the extinguisher, was just the metal pin that the handle would squeeze to deploy the the. the Foam or the uh, dust or whatever it is. So you're sitting there going, how does this work? I'm going, here, take this one. So it gives me another one. Yeah. We get the fire put out. Um, and then... And the video. It, it's on video Man. and us getting it put out. So that Are now you- we're just... Now, you know, we're just sitting there waiting, and I'm thinking, <laughs> well, this is bad. Uh, because I know now in hindsight that I was pretty much done with the hills, but at the time I had no idea. We can't see around the next several bends, and I don't... I don't want to call AAA, for one, because we don't have any reception, and two, that costs money. So I'm just thinking, what do I got to do to reverse those? Maybe we'll get us on the road, you know? So, so I pour water on one of the brakes, and you're not supposed to do that because it will. It <laughs> oh, could, no. If they're hot, it, it could like crack. Yeah. It'll crack the pad. Yeah. But I and I knew that, but I no also didn't, out there, I huh? didn't want the um, the fire extinguisher schmeg all on the brake pad and the disc either because then I thought. Well, there's no way I'll get out of this without calling AAA. So I was, I'm trying to salvage things. I'm like uh, weighing, you know, the consequences here. So I, you know, water it down a little bit, get it cleaned off. We wait an hour and a half. I don't know how long, and then we just decide, fuck it, let's give it a shot. Yeah. And so we go, and the brakes aren't working that great when we go. I'll be honest. You don't they, say. They're spongy, <laughs> and uh, they're hot, and. Um, and the brake light is on now. The warning one that says things are fucked. That one was on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but now it comes on. Through the mountains, right? Yeah, but we made it through anyway. We made it the rest of the way to Mammoth. Um, yeah, the rest of the way wasn't that bad. Yeah, we luckily you know, we actually really were wasn't. pretty much down the, yeah. the rest of the hills. We were still an hour and a half outside of our destination too. Yeah, yeah. we had, we had a ways to go. Yeah. <laughs> so we get there, and uh, you know we drink. Get, shake it off a little bit. And the next day, we find a place to take You know, Someone recommended we go to this place. So we go. I you know, drive the RV over there, and, and he explains to me. So here's basically what happened. You know, When you, your brakes get that hot, you, uh, you boil the brake fluid. And when you boil the brake fluid, you get air in the lines. And uh, you know, brake fluid is, a, is an uncompressible liquid. That's why it works in hydraulic things, because you hit the brake, it moves the liquid, it does not compress the liquid, it applies the brakes. Getting air within that system uh, is what causes the pedal to move without applying the brakes. So it's not a good thing. And so he seems to really know what he's talking about. He says, hey, you know, we're going to check it out, we're going to bleed the brakes for you. Um, this is on Friday. We're, not, we're leaving Sunday. Um, I said, all right, do you have time? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. All right, well, what if you don't? You know, well, that's okay. We're open Saturday. Okay, great, because we're leaving Sunday. No problem. If we don't get to it today, we'll even park you in the back of the shop. We'll plug you in. We'll give you a place to sleep. Yeah, they're being the nicest people. Yeah. They don't fix it on Friday. 
Saturday, about 3 o'clock, you know, a little before they close, I call them up. So, how's it going? Well, yeah, we checked the brake pads. They're fine. Mm. Yeah, I know the fucking brake pads are fine. <laughs> right. uh, but you're supposed to bleed the brakes. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that guy only works Fridays, not Saturdays. <laughs> the brake blading. The, yeah, the brake blading. And I'm like, well... Oh. Okay, that's fine, but it was there Friday, and you, you know I'm talking to a different guy now because the manager guy who explains it all to me, he's not there on Saturday either. They only have one guy that knows how to bleed brakes. I know how yeah. to bleed brakes. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. easy. He's probably the same guy, the manager and the the brake bleeding guy. He just didn't want to do it. <laughs> he didn't want to do it. Yeah. So now it's you know Saturday night. We're leaving the next day, and now we have a decision to make. Do I? Do we stay until Monday? <laughs> And we're having a great time in Mammoth and all, but we got things to do. we got to get home. Do we take the really long route that doesn't really require a mountain pass, or at least a, not a very big one, which would have made our drive home about nine hours instead of, instead of five or six? Or do we, or do we just fucking go for it? Uh, How come breeding, bleeding the brakes yourself wasn't an option? Because after doing a little research, this particular system is somewhat complex when it comes to bleeding the brakes. Something to do with the master cylinder and having to do a pressurized bleed rather than the normal pump the brakes type of bleed. You actually have to like vacuum some things out. Now, this may or may not be true. I'm going off of what I can, uh, looking up things on my phone, just <laughs> trying to discover if it's something I should, so you can sure, night. If I yeah. should tackle this project or yeah. not. Okay. And I decide, you know, the brakes worked the rest of the way. They seem to be all right. I don't, I don't want to take the really long route. So, you know what? We're just going to do it. So we drive our ass through Yosemite, hoping for the best. Now, keep in, mind, uh, <laughs> keep in mind, JP's got a little anxiety about what? things. Dying, for one. Living, um, for two. <laughs> and yeah. so I'm trying to talk him down. I'm going, look, if it's just me... I'm not even talking to you. I'm just, I'm doing this. But because it's your life, too, and because I know you, I'm going to give you the op, you know, what do you... get a vote. (laughs) You finally get a vote. This is the trunk of the week. Which is a partial vote. Yeah. Yeah. Which actually is indicative of how serious the situation is, because otherwise nobody gets a fucking vote. But because there is the chance that we drive off a cliff, I figure I should give JP a vote. Sure. Not not push. Uh, Push got another ride home, that pussy. Uh, Which he had his own experiences, but we'll get to that later. So yeah, do me a favor, Beauty, and come over to this microphone for now. I don't know what's going on with that thing over there. It's never done that before. Or start singing some Journey. But that's a strange, strange thing. I'm going to have to fix it to break. Well, it's nice to know when like, you're going over the cliff, right? And, you're go- and then your whole life is passing in front of you. It's nice to know you had a vote. You know, like you got to. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. oh, I could have made a stand. <laughs> so no fucking way are we going over there. Yes. In, yes. in my mind, uh, you know, if. I figured out a plan. If we were going off the cliff, my plan was to look at Justin and go, it's not all your fault. (laughs) (laughs) Which is pretty much why I gave you the vote, because I was going to be yelling, this is going to hurt. And yeah. Yeah. Taryn's going to be pissed. (laughs) You know, it was fine. It was a little dramatic. Um, We used the gears. Uh, We drove over Yosemite this time, which I've never seen Yosemite. Uh, A beautiful place, apparently, Um, (laughs) when you're not stressed out about dying. Yeah. Um, so you were stressed out too. Yeah, I was really, bit. I was really stressed yeah. out. Uh, I got home, my back was just killing me, which is not from the drive. It was just the stress because I'm just, you know, everything's fine. You use the gears to slow the thing down, but if uh, my worry is that if there's a moment that I don't gear correctly or the hill gets a little steeper than I was prepared for, now you're playing catch up, which is when you slam on the brakes or <laughs> even up, even right? use the brakes okay. in this case. 
uh, you know what? That RV, that RV got us home just fine. Yeah. The brakes seem to be fine, too. I think they bled themselves. There must be a leak somewhere. Uh, because by the time we got home, there was no sponginess. No sponginess it was working fine. Nice. Uh, so what did you do? You slept in the thing at the shop? Yeah, we just, which actually worked out somewhat to our advantage because yeah. where we were going to park for the festival, we couldn't have plugged in or anything else. We'd have had to run the generator and all that. And so we would wake up, and the shop had like a coffee shop in front of it. We got co- free coffee and uh, plugged in. Uh, you know, everything but them doing their job was yeah. great. Oh, wow. <laughs> How far from the fest site was the shop? A mile. It was right there. Oh, you man. Know. It was so, only slightly farther than where we would have been parked for the fest. So really, good oh. luck. So it yeah. is. Yeah. So <laughs> RV-wise, it's a good Yelp, and then uh, automotive-wise, it's not so good, I guess. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They were very accommodating. But see, the good luck part, this is why I never learn my lesson about my stupidity or my impatience or anything else. Because it all ends up working out in the end. I'm like, oh, hey, we had a place to stay. And and so now that the brakes are working fine, you're not going to take it to a shop and get (laughs) everything redone. I'm pretty sure that I I should take it to a shop. Well, we we all know you should. (laughs) But yeah. The question is, are you? Yeah, I'm going to. Uh, I will. Yes, eventually. <laughs> yeah, if it, it happens again. It, yeah, if it, you know, if it happens again. Poor Jamil, he took such great care of that thing, and now you've had we've had it for what like three or four months, and we've just beat and the I thing into the ground. Set it on fire. Yeah, we feel the fire extinguishers every time. Again. I do. Yeah, we do need to get new fire extinguishers. Yeah. In fact, whatever came out of that fire extinguisher, I'm pretty sure wasn't like a healthy fire extinguisher. Yeah, it was, but, was it supposed to be foam? Because what came out was yellow powder. It was yellow powder in a weird yeah. Um, but put the fire out. So, but again, it out. all works it out. It all worked out. Fine. Folks, you don't have to check your fire extinguishers before right. you go. If you have a backup, it's fine. We also took the RV over a one-lane bridge at the same time as a semi-truck was oh. coming the other direction. Oh. And, and we may or may not have scraped the side of the RV oh. down the what? bridge. Well, listen, I had the right of way. I was on the bridge already when this fucker came around the corner. Yeah. And, you know, at that point, neither one of us want to back down. Uh, it's Chickens. You're almost as so, big. Yeah, I was pretty. I'm pretty big. It's You're a right. big RV. It's, too bad it's like made of cardboard, right. practically. Right. So I'm thinking, I think we got this, you know. And we're, and we're passing this thing, and 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 JP and Push in the back are just listening to. Oh. They're like, I think you're scraping. Now we're fine. Nothing I can do now, boys. <laughs> How so, fast were you going when you passed each other? 60. No. Uh, <laughs> it, it was, we both knew it was a one-lane bridge, so you carefully yeah. navigate that anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he should have backed off. Uh, should have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He shouldn't have it, made the corner. It could have been one lane for weight management. Maybe when it's not designed I thought to have of that. two large vehicles on it at one time. That crossed my mind. Um, but no, it was also definitely the width of the bridge. <laughs> Dear uh, okay. God, okay. I yeah. am glad I was not on this yeah, trip. Man. Yeah. No kidding. So all of this is on video, I, I believe. Right. And so you're going to get to see it in our mammoth uh, behind the scenes experience. Yeah, Plus, there you go. That's your yeah. Mammoth uh, uh, Festival recap. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Wow. So uh, the rest of the, uh, the festival, you'll get to see great bands, great beer. Uh, what a really good time. I want to thank um, Joyce up at Mammoth Brewing Company there, who was just really wonderful to us and uh, took good care of us all weekend. Oh, we yeah. had just
just just met her, and Mammoth is the host brewery, and she just treated us like family. So that was very sweet of her, um, and, and yeah, I, I just want to thank her for that. Her and Jess just took great care of us. Uh, and then also uh, Sarah at the uh, the festival organizer, she took good care of us too. So we'll bring home the event to you via video. Just give us a week or two on that as Push puts it together and uh, you know evaluates his life and travel with the Brewing Network. <laughs> you want to run down his issues real fast? <laughs> uh, we're out of time, actually, okay. yeah, because we got to get to this interview. So yeah. let me do some quick uh, announcements. Ales for ALS at Faction Brewing Company is this Saturday. Uh, so just coming up this Saturday, that's 8-8. Eight, uh, eight, eight. It's at 1 p.m. Go to factionbrewing.com and get your tickets right now. I'd get them in advance if I were you. And it's a, a great cause. It's a fundraiser for ALS, of course, and there's a lot of wonderful breweries there. I was there last year, and it was just awesome. As a first-year festival, I predict that the second one is going to be even better. Go oh, to factionbrewing.com. The, the lineup is ridiculous. The Rare Barrel is going to have a beer there. Excellent. Excellent. Definitely get your tickets in advance. That shit will sell out. Also, coming up September 11th and 12th, we will be at the California Craft Beer Summit, a brand new event that's going on in Sacramento. Go to CaliforniaCraftBeer.com, and you can get your tickets that way. you learn all about it. But um, this is kind of like a cross between the, the Craft Brewers Conference and the National Home Brewers Conference and the... I don't know, maybe even the GABF. It's kind of all in one. There's a lot of different types of education, not just for us beer nerds, but for people new to beer, and then also for uh, professional brewers as well. So go get your tickets for that, and we will be there uh, September 11th and 12th. We'll have a booth, and we're going to do some video and all sorts of stuff. CaliforniaCraftBeer.com. Do your Amazon shopping uh, by clicking the Amazon link on our homepage. That's a great way to support us. Subscribe and join the BN Army by clicking the Donate button. Uh, get all these updates and more over on Twitter and uh, the other one. And then send your show ideas to Scott the Jew, Scott at TheBrewingNetwork.com. Send feedback to feedback at TheBrewingNetwork.com. Do we have a Twitter game today? Sure do, Justin. The Twitter game, once again, is brought to you by our friends over at the Labruski Cruise. The winner of uh, each Twitter game from now until we're not really sure when is going to be entered for a chance to win a cabin for two to the Labruski Cruise, which happens the first week of March in 2016. Yep. Leaving out of Miami, Caribbean Cruise, craft beer, awesome bands. You can't beat it. We'll be there. I'm excited to be there. Bevo and I are going to bunk together, aren't we, Beef? Hey! Snuggle fest. Yeah. Well, it's not really it's a fest. You, know, you know what kind of snuggling I do when I drink, don't you? The struggle is real, Beth. <laughs> right, be, it's going to be a snuggle struggle. struggle will be real. You, will, you will have changed rooms by about two hours into that cruise. Look, is, my only stipulation yeah. was that I didn't want to have to share a room with Doc. <laughs> <laughs> because then it wouldn't have been a snuggle struggle. It would have been like a full-on Just a struggle. struggle. <laughs> yeah. Now, once we're roommates... I mean, it's perfectly normal. You can't see my boobs. But it's normal for roommates to do that. I may or may not. Yes. Oh, you (laughs) tease. I may or may not ever show up. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. ever go. All right. So what's our Twitter game today? Well, uh, you know, in honor of our guests today, we're talking about sustainability. Uh, I realized that here at the Brewing Network, we are very, very uh, highly even concerned with the environment. Oh. A lot of environmental things. Yeah. Um, our RV, uh, you know, uses diesel instead of, you know, coal or whatever. Right. And then when the brakes catch fire, they're, old, they're new asbestos, not old ones. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not old asbestos. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I was wondering uh, if the BN Army had any ideas on how we, the Brewing Network, can become better at sustaining things. Sustaining things. Yeah. <laughs> not just the environment. No, everything. Whatever. But sustaining anything. Pitch. Yeah. Boners, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yes, things need to be sustained, right? And we need to do those things. Otherwise, it's a waste of our resources. Yeah. All right. Sounds good to me. We will be back in just a couple minutes. We're going to talk sustainable brewing with Terra Firma Brewing Company and also Ale Industries. So stick with us. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. It's the session live from the Hop Grenade. 
You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? First Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Saka JP. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like... Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer whether for yourself or as a gift when you subscribe or resubscribe from the brewing network homepage, you directly support programs like this get a great magazine and support the brewing network subscribe to brew your own right from the brewing network.com brewcasters are back All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, don't forget that you can go over to Beersmith.com right now and get your free 21-day trial of the Beersmith home brewing software. It's got everything you need and probably a heck of a lot more for you to get your brew day going. Uh, all sorts of recipes. Brad over there has got a podcast, a video podcast, uh, DVDs. Beersmith has it going on. Go over to Beersmith.com right now and check it out. All right, uh, so we're doing our sustainable brewing show today. We've got our old friend Morgan Cox from 
uh, Ale Industries back in the studio. Morning. Yeah. Good well, morning, everybody. You've never, you, you've skipped a couple studios even, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so. The last time I was just talking to some people out there, the last time I was on this, I was telling that I, uh, would always go on the side yard, smoke cigarettes, and it was in your garage. Right. And I've since stopped smoking cigarettes, and it's no longer in your garage. We've both grown up. We've yeah. both Which grown up is, slightly. It's called calls for applause. Yeah. yeah. On both accounts. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Uh, we feel good about that. Yeah. All right. We've also got John uh, Niedermeyer from Terra Firma. Uh, they're from uh, Traverse City, Michigan. John, you with us? I am here. How are you guys? We're doing great. Hey, thanks for being with us. I know uh, you had a little crazy storm out there last night, didn't you? It's, yeah, it's been a pretty exciting 24 hours, that's for sure. I, I bet. I heard like 100-mile-an-hour winds or something. Yeah, we had um, we had this. We, we just don't get weather like that here in northern Michigan. But we had a um, we had a um, we had a supercell that rolled right over the kind of the northern tip of the pinky, you know, Michigan shaped like a mitten. Yeah. And uh, and that uh, there's reports that a tornado landed in a little a little tiny town uh, called Glen Arbor, the National Sleeping Bear National Lakeshore up there, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and uh, man, I'll tell you, it's a, it is a mess. There's trees down everywhere. Power lines, power lines. Just power just came on at my house two hours ago, so I'm wow. pretty happy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's all good. It doesn't seem like anyone got hurt. It was, uh, but it was just a freak kind of thing. All right. Well, I'm glad everybody's safe, and I hope the damage isn't too bad. We do appreciate you being on the program with us because we know uh, that you've got a lot of sustainability practices, as well as our friend Morgan here from Mail Industries. So it's going to be interesting to talk to you both uh, about how how you guys do that. So, uh, Morgan, let me start with you first for a minute, just to to recap where you've been all all these years. Uh, When we did talk to you last time and you were in the garage with us there, uh, your your brewery was located in Concord, um, right next to our sponsor, More Beer, actually. And now you guys have moved to Oakland. Yeah, yeah, sure have. So, uh, you know, we grew out of that spot. It was a couple thousand square feet, and uh, that's kind of a little bit of a incubator spot there for breweries. It seems like you had EJ Fair go through there, then us. Oh yeah. Um, we moved to a six thousand square foot spot out in Oakland, and uh, out towards uh, Fruitvale, East Oakland. So. Uh, our tagline now is just another brewery from East Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was the move because you had outgrown the space in, in Concord, or was there something else appealing about Oakland also? Uh, it was actually because Beer Beer and More Beer was growing so quickly, they wanted my spot. <laughs> oh, I've seen yeah. them do that with yeah, all the yeah. other spots no, around no. them. They're good guys. They're yeah. good guys. But it, we were also growing a bit out of the spot, so it was just a convenient timing for everybody. I see. Uh, and I live out in Oakland. Um uh, you know, Concord's a great spot. We have a little spot out here to kind of support the the market that we had developed while we we're out here. But uh, you know, Oakland's just become a hotbed uh, lately. Okay. Um, yeah. So man, we wanted to get a little piece of that. I've been there and I love the location. Cool. Uh, what is this? What did the space used to be? This old warehouse type. They thing? used to make tin buckets there, okay. uh, which is pretty wild. It's an old like uh, factory built in 1903, so it's got the sawtooth roof line. Uh, so it's before electricity was out there. Uh, it's got all north facing windows. Uh, it's kind of a trip. I love it. And you know, I walked in, fell in love with the building right away, and had to keep my poker face in front of the building owner when we were uh, negotiating. <laughs> yeah, that you weren't in love with it instantly. Yeah, yeah. It has that weird kind of very tall point in the middle, mm-hmm. like something 
tall used to happen there. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it used to be Norton Factory, and they used to make all these tin buckets. And the the exact facility that we're in was the air handling unit, and they had this forty foot tall compressor that was in there. Wow, um, it's about fifty feet long. 25 feet wide, 40 feet tall, which for me, when I saw that, again, I had to keep my poker face. I was just seeing 200-barrel fermenters. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. That's lined up. exactly what I thought when yeah. I walked in there. I thought, yeah. wow, Morgan picked wisely for, for fermenters. Mm-hmm. So, nice. And now that area is really just starting to really pop out there in the Fruville area. Um, okay. it's, it's pretty awesome. All right. And, John, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and Terra Firma. Uh, how, old, uh, how long has Terra Firma been around? Um, well, Terra Firma is, uh, we just passed our two-year um, landmark. Um, but it's, uh, what I like to say is that I'm an old dog in a new doghouse. Um, we've had, I've been brewing commercially for almost 20 years now and, wow. and, uh, working for other breweries. And, and at the time I was always trying to find, you know, the breweries are, are really relatively efficient when it comes to like brew house duties and stuff like that. But when it comes to, um, you know, the liquid waste and stuff like that and the spent grain and everything, um, you know, I really love what I do and I just really wanted to find a way that I could, I could feel better about all of it, and uh, if there wasn't, uh, you know, some sort of way to make everything better. And so, um, Terra Firma was really a, was a twenty year journey for me um, to try and come up with um, a way that we could do do more and and actually add um, less to the you know the environmental problems and and try to make a, a perfect little world, if you will, a kind of a nest for me where I could do what I wanted and feel completely good about everything about it so that's kind of what care for me is it's a it's a pretty unique place so um, definitely worth stopping now that this could be for both of you uh, is a statement tell me if this is correct is brewing sort of inherently inefficient and wasteful already does it start from that point or or are breweries maybe just not paying attention enough and so that's how it feels in other words like I always hear things like it takes, you know, 20 gallons of water to make a gallon of mm-hmm. beer. And, uh, mm-hmm. of course, you know, you, you extract all these sugars out of the grains, and then there's all these grains left, and, and there's all this waste. So, so it feels almost like you're starting from a point of inefficiency already. What, what do you guys think? Does that sound accurate? Or I think to some, to some extent. I mean, as, as far as, uh, you know, breweries are always striving to be have really high um, brew house efficiency, meaning that we're, you know, trying to pull out as the highest, the most of the fermentable sugars out of the grains because, you know, you're paying for that barley and you really want to you wanna be able to get the best yield possible. And so in a perfect world, you're, the, you know, the spent grain that's going out, you know, most most brewers use it as as feed, as supplemental feed or fill feed, and it's and it's okay for that. But we're really taking the nutritional value out of it. But the big picture and the big waste is really in the liquid waste. It's all of the the stuff that comes out of the bottom of the brew kettle. It's the, the you know the true. It's the it's the yeast slurry out of the fermenters and the conditioning tanks and and all that kind of stuff and and that's where i think the the public just doesn't really quite understand just how much um of that liquid is mm. and and that general kind of starting point ratio is usually about 5 to 1 so for every finished product of 
volume of beer for every half barrel of beer, there's five half barrels of liquid waste. And in some places, it goes way, way higher depending on the brewery. But it's starting to get more um, more in the spotlight. People are starting to realize that that's really the part that's not all that efficient. Okay. So. Yeah, and I would actually go out on a limb and say that in states like California, Nevada, New Mexico, Arizona, I think brewers are a little bit uh, just begin the game a little bit more conscious of water use mm-hmm. uh, than other areas because you know water's not free, but it's also one of those things that you get asked all the time about from your customers. Yeah, what are you doing about the drought? What are you doing about this? What are you doing about that? So it's a, we we take our water use. Not only just the use of water, but also the waste of water, like what uh, what our other guests talking about, uh, really seriously. Um, you know, I think water is going to be the new the new game in brewing. Interesting thing that in the breweries that I've interviewed over the years, I've heard different takes on the the water waste uh, from from municipalities. Some municipalities have required uh, a lot of. Uh, um, documentation, what are you mm-hmm. wasting, how much are you wasting, what is it that's going down. Um, other municipalities have thought, oh, how many barrels a year? Okay, no big deal for you. Yeah, just dump it down the drain. Mm-hmm. You're fine. I've really heard both sides of the spectrum. Yeah, you know, there's even some that uh, welcome the yeast uh, as a, a way of digesting the, the overall affluent from the city. Uh, and there's some that don't want that at all. So it, it really is interesting. I guess it depends on whatever system they're, they're working with. Yeah, okay. Have you guys noticed yeah. the, um, the, the customers, being when they ask you those questions? I'm just trying to gauge what the, mm-hmm. the vibe is like. Are they challenging you, or are they just curious? Mm, that's a good question. I, don't know. I think they're mostly curious when they... They ask here anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you have you noticed as you guys are growing, are you able to increase your efficiencies with water usage? Because I know like and usage like that is, is something that as you scale up makes it easier to manage. And uh, like Anheuser Busch is down to where it's more like two and a half barrels mm-hmm. of water per, and a lot of that has to do with just the size of fermenters. They're able to clean a larger vessel with not a linear increase in cleaning. Yeah, you know, we've we've actually uh, teamed up with a company that just got a grant. Uh, we have a prototype unit in our uh, brewery that's doing a forward osmosis filtration system on all of our effluent. Uh, we're in the process of actually piping the, the water. It's actually cleaner than potable water, mm. um, but it's not certified, so we don't use it for process water. We use it for service water to cool down our wort again. We're actually in the process of using it to flush the toilet in our tap room. Um, which is, a, I think, a great way of using it because, you know, people don't think about two and a half gallons of flush. You get 150, 200 people going in there. They might hit the head a couple times. You know, it, it adds up. Yeah. And uh, so yeah. that's what we're doing with our effluent right now. And uh, the neat thing is, is the slurry that comes off that's not, that is filtered out is actually going to an ethanol production facility that they're taking the residual sugars that are then concentrated distilling them or fermenting them distilling them and turning them into ethanol so it's a it's a, a nice little nice little close circuit i'm not sure exactly how sustainable it is on a large uh mm-hmm. scale but for us it's working out really really awesome interesting yeah john how about you are you doing the same where you're sort of capturing uh, some of this material from your wastewater as well 
And, uh, yeah, and actually, that's um, that's a great method. Um, we do um, we do things a little bit differently, though. We're a, we're an agricultural brewery, so our our facility is a is a brand new facility that's built on a ten acre historic farm, and uh, all of our liquid waste and our effluent we capture, and then um, we analyze it, and we have uh, and we we send that in, those analyses to the Department of Environmental Quality here in Michigan, and um, and then we we actually land apply that stuff and record it. So we actually apply that to our farmland where we grow. Um, we have a hop we have a hop yard in our cell field. Um, we grow our wet hop beers and our our uh, harvest ale beer hops there. Um, we also have uh, beets that we grow for our honey rye beet wheat and chili peppers for our ounce of chili Dutch double chocolate porter and sunflowers and wildflowers for our bees that we have on site. So our our liquid uh, our effluent to final product is is about two and a half to one, but then all none of that is actually getting going into any kind of a process other than being land applied because the liquid waste that comes out of the brewery a brewery really is just a kitchen, um, just a weird kitchen, and <laughs> right. um, you know all of that stuff. It's all food grade material, and as long as you're you're careful with your your um, your cleaning systems and your sterilizing systems and everything that you use in house, um, and you can manage that in a way that you're not going to put anything onto your cropland that's going to be harmful to the plants, which is actually kind of hard to do. Um, then you can use it to grow all sorts of things that ordinarily we would purchase, and and it also gives us a an edge over some of the local competition and. You know, we we also plug into the agricultural market and people who who are really into that here. Um, you know, travel to farms and you know they go to cheese makers and stuff like that. And well, we're on that on that route as well because we're we're we are an agricultural brewery, so it's a little different. So if I'm hearing you right, you have to send that out to be tested before you can use it. Is that is that a requirement or just something that you've chosen to do? Um, actually, it's a um, a lot of farmers do this exact same process. There's a lot of levels of uh, land application. A lot of uh, say we're in the cherry capital of the world here in Traverse City, and the uh, um, a lot of the cherry farmers will use water, process water and all sorts of stuff in in um, in harvesting and processing the fruit, and they'll take a lot of that water and apply it back into the fields. And you know, there's just a, there's a ton of different levels. And what we're doing is the very bottom level, which is kind of like a local farmer guy that is using water to cool his cherries when they pick them, and he wants to dump that water in the orchard. So the so the DEQ requires a, uh, a like a quarterly analysis report that we supply, okay. and um, so they can file it away and, and stuff. So it's actually pretty simple. Okay. Do you just have well, big tanks that you're collecting your effluent in, and then take it out on a trailer and spray it in the fields, or how are you? transferring it from the brew yeah it goes it goes to an underground capture tank that's plumbed to the brew house the front of the house we have a it's a we're a production facility but we do have a um a 60 feet tap room in the front of it um that all all of that part of the customers and everything that is a septic system on its own but everything in the brewery goes to the capture tank and we we land apply it with a farm truck yeah excellent uh, john uh, uh tasty mcdowell here uh you know, breweries have used a lot of caustics in terms of cleaning and stuff like that. How do you deal with with that? Well, there's a there's a lot of varieties of caustic replacement yeah. out. Um, what, what are a some good of those? Of, 
of curses like PBW, um, and there's a lot of others that are more oxidizers than anything else. And so you just have to, you've got to go through and you've got to pick all of those chemicals and how you're going to use them and, and try to, you know, I mean, we're, um, we're really, really conscious. So, you know, you're not going to, you're going to see guys with mops in the brew house and stuff like that. And, uh, so it does take a little added effort, but. uh, Do you use like hot water as as a replacement, like as as form, as a form of, uh, sterilization? No, no, no. Um, iota four. Um, you know, it's um, really you can use it in tiny, tiny quantities. And when you've got a, you know, our capture tank, I think is about a thousand gallons or so. And um, when you mix all that stuff in with all of the the solids and stuff out of the fermenters, you know, they it it doesn't even come. You know, it doesn't stand a chance. It right. Neutralizes uh, right away. That definitely answers my question. Thanks. And you say it's a fairly simple process. I wonder this both for, for what you're doing with uh, using your effluent and water and even even Morgan with yours where it's just kind of going to the toilets. There are so many things that could upset the balance of either the uh, sewer system, the water system, or in your case, uh, John, the, the farm. You know, I hear things about soil becoming you know, too much nitrogen or too much, I mean, you name it. So it does seem like you're still messing with a pretty delicate balance. And, and I know you say it's simple, but it sounds complicated to me. Um, it really isn't um, because the um, you know it, uh, beer is is really vegetarian based, and um, all of the spent grain goes out in the field. You don't you don't even need any kind of permits for that. Okay. Um, and you know it it really is. I mean, we have an agricultural person on staff, and we have to have a, a trained wastewater engineer on staff. So. You know, we we make sure that we cover our bases, but um, but yeah, you got to be you got to be smart about it. But it is it's an actually a very very old practice that goes way back. And I mean, George Washington did it on Mount Vernon. There's still a brewery there. Okay, so got you know, it. We're not reinventing the wheel or anything. So maybe we overcomplicated it before. You're just uncomplicating it for us, uh, Morgan. Yours goes through now, like for the your your wastewater to go to the toilets is going through an experimental filter system, yeah, right? Totally. So supposedly it's the most sophisticated forward osmosis filtration system around. What's could you give me like the layman's edition of what's the difference between reverse osmosis and forward osmosis? Uh, forward I was hoping I was, <laughs> was, was going to be able to. Slip okay. That one back. No, no, that's yeah. okay. I no, don't want it to be too complicated. But. I, I know that you can always go from the f- front to the back. Yeah. You can't go from the back to the front. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. JP's always been told that. No, yeah. so, and it's not true. <laughs> I guess from, from my understanding, what they've shared with me is that uh, it all takes place in really high pressure, and I've just been trained on how to run this filter. Okay. Uh, 500 and up PSI. Mm. And it oh. runs this saline solution, an ultra-saturated saline solution past this membrane. And there's some physics law that will pull other solids and salts out mm. of our affluent uh, through this membrane and allow it to go clear through and it comes out just water. And, and I if I knew what I was talking about better, I'd be able to describe it a little bit You know, bit that better. was perfect. Yeah. It comes yeah. out water. That's yeah. what I needed to know. Bad things <laughs> go out, <laughs> out come water. Yeah. water. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, it's uh, more efficient because the, uh, uh, the pressure gradient draws the solution versus uh, hydraulic pressure in reverse osmosis. Okay. Exactly. So it's less energy. Yeah. Less energy for that, too. And less okay. water. And JW and equals A to pi, pi minus... Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we know that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that idea. Well, that's true. Uh, now, did this? you say it's an experimental... Mm-hmm. Uh, did they come and plumb this system for you, too? Or did you have to get in... Now you got to re-plumb your toilets to... 
Yeah, so basically the way it worked out is we, we go beyond just dealing with our water. Uh, we also have this whole bioenergy brewery going on. So we collect vegetable oil from our accounts, process it into a biofuel, burn it in a boiler. And they got this grant to uh, to work this system. And they were doing some research on different industries in which it would be useful for. And they thought, well, hey, maybe a brewery would work. Mm-hmm. And when they looked at like green breweries, we had just won... Uh, the greenest brewery in the Bay Area through like Oakland Magazine or something. And so they contacted nice. us yeah. and uh, they're supplying it. It's not our piece of equipment yet. The, um, are we talking about the burner or the, the filtration system? The filtration system. system. Okay, yeah. The burner, supply, yeah. yeah. The burner we built, that's a, a separate. Yeah, I want to talk altogether. about that in the yeah. next segment. So don't go. That's all I meant. Okay. Not too far into that. Yeah. yeah. So the uh, filtration unit is theirs, it has their name on it. And they actually just now, like five months into it, are allowing me to start pushing buttons and turning knobs. <laughs> right. Up until now, it's it's nothing. So now they've kind of pulled me into the mix and say, hey, what, what do you think would make this better? Okay. So now I've had them add like a million valves and, and all. It <laughs> looks like, sorry we yeah. asked, Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now you're able to start tweaking the system mm-hmm. uh, to get the most out of it exactly. as well. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys, here's what I want to do. I want to take a quick little break, and there's a couple more things I want to talk about. And folks at home, if you want to uh, play along and ask questions, it's 888-401-BEER, 888-401-BEER, or hit the chat button on the homepage, and Bevo's in there taking your questions. We can do this. But a couple of things I want to talk about is I know that there are some uh, heat uh, recovery systems in place so that you're using uh, you know heat from the boilers and and John I think you're doing this pretty extensively I want to talk about your mm-hmm. um, alternative fuel boiler Morgan I know that was a big part of of the new facility so a lot of that when we come back so we're going to take a, a break for just a couple minutes here eight 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 four zero one beer if you got questions yourself or hit the chat button and we'll be right back with John and Morgan helping us learn about sustainable brewing practices hang in there. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Your brewing water can be a mystery. If it's good enough to drink, it's good enough to brew with, right? We all know to perfect certain styles of beer, proper water chemistry is vital. But running water tests can be complicated and expensive, but not anymore. Industrial Test Systems is proud to introduce the new Smart Brew Water Testing Kits, incorporating the exact iDip Smart Photometer System. The only photometer on the market that harnesses the power of the smartphone and runs water tests without you doing a pile of calculations. The iDip features two-way Bluetooth communication with the brain of the system, which is its own multilingual app. This allows limitless possibilities, including lab accuracy, free upgrades, test customization, over 35 available, mobile sharing, and more. You can keep a detailed history of your results. Email your water report to other brewers or share it on social media. Visit smartbrewkit.com now and learn more about the iDip photometer and all the tests it can do for you. For nearly 40 years, one organization has had your back. The American Homebrewers Association. Are you a member? (laughs) Why not? Join the more than 40,000 brewers who enjoy all the American Homebrewers Association has to offer. Like Zymergy Magazine, in print and online. Plus the Zymergy app. 
Zymergy is the leading publication for amateur brewers around the world. Supporters also get member deals at their local breweries, bars, and homebrew shops. These alone quickly pay for your membership. You'll also get great member-only resources at homebrewersassociation.org and access to AHA events like the National Homebrewers Conference and the National Homebrew Competition. The American Homebrewers Association promotes the hobby of homebrewing, protects the interests of homebrewers, and brings beer lovers together. Become a member today. It costs less than a batch of beer and gives back so much more. Visit homebrewersassociation.org. Three-time Ninkasi Award winner and Grandmaster Judge Gordon Strong invites you on a guided journey of what's new in the world of homebrewing. Modern homebrew recipes, exploring styles and contemporary techniques available now from Brewers Publications. Gordon brings you specific advice and sensory profiles for as-brewed, award-winning beers with delicious variations to get your creative juices flowing. This is more than just a book of recipes. It sets brewers on the path to discovering what's new in the world of homebrewing. AHA director Gary Glass says, if you want to enter competitions or just learn more about styles that you might not have experience with, this book is going to help you tremendously. By emulating what Gordon does, you're going to make better beer. Modern homebrew recipes, exploring styles and contemporary techniques by Gordon Strong. Available right now from BrewersPublications.com and find brewing retailers near you. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit. NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Segmented, demented, fermented, fermented. It's the session. All right, yes, welcome back to the program. Appreciate you sticking with us. We're talking to Terra Firma and uh, also Ale Industries, our local sustainable brewery here. So I want to thank them both for hanging out with us. Now, uh, John, before the break, I was mention, mentioning um, you know, some heat recapture things, and I know that you do uh, a lot of work there to actually recapture, uh, you call it harvesting BTUs, right? Yeah, yeah, that was something uh, we get some pretty cold winters here in northern Michigan, and it's pretty important uh, to me personally when, um, you know, when you're harvesting or you're, um, you know, one of the byproducts of fermentation is, is heat. And, um, and so we decided that when we, when we built our facility that we really wanted to, um, we wanted to try and take advantage of, of that, um, being that we do have these cold winters. And so what we, what we really designed was kind of with a secondary heat exchanger system to our, uh, to our glycol, um, that we use to cool those tanks. So we basically have a, um, another secondary system and in the cooler months, um, both the brew house and the in the tap room have been installed with uh, in-floor heat, 
Um, so we uh, we capture all of that, all of those excess BTUs that come out of the fermenters, our conditioning tanks, and even our cold room, um, and we capture those BTUs and pump them into the floor in the cooler months, and um, and we put extra insulation in the building and stuff and did all the math and. Um, and what it ends up doing is that uh, when we have when we have uh, days when um, the exterior temperature uh, drops below 19 degrees, that at that point um, our secondary heating systems kick in. But up until that point, it has to get below 19 degrees before we start actually running a furnace. Wow! So the savings are substantial. I bet. So what's the ambient in your yeah. brew house then? Um, usually around 63. Okay. Good. That's helpful, too. So when you describe this to me, I either picture this very Frankenstein-looking plumbing system that has to go from your glycol system into your floors or a really expensive endeavor, which is usually one of the arguments, I think, about these sorts of practices. People go, well, it's going to take me years before I recoup those expenses. What do you think about that? Where do you fall in there? That's um, well. I guess it depends on your the size of your brewing system. We're a 15 barrel. Um, we um, we the savings that we are experiencing now. Um, you know, we're going to recover that money. You know, inside of 10 years, pretty easily. Okay. Um, and I mean, you could even do you could even recover that money sooner if you just kind of did it yourself. We didn't. We actually designed and engineered it and had it had it actually built. But you know, you could Frankenstein it yourself. Sure. And you said, so this is sort of 20 years. You've been brewing for 20 years. Um, was that always with craft breweries, or were you with any of the big breweries as well? Nope. Always with craft breweries, and um, and probably uh, seven years prior to that as a home brewer. It started out as a hobby, like so many of us. But, uh, sure. Okay. It was all those years of just um, looking at the waste and going, geez, you know, isn't there something we can do that is going to, you know, that is better. And especially, you know, you got to understand Traverse City, our little town up here, uh, we have a lot of breweries in a small little area. And so our wastewater treatment facility here is is really getting overloaded because, I mean, the, the life expect, expectancy of that wastewater plant is is probably half of what it was designed to do. Wow. And so, you know, that's a big problem. We're we're the only one out of all of them that are that are not adding to that and you know, we're not trying to show that, you know, this is what we're doing and you're not. We're trying to say, hey look, we're this is working and this is another option and something that is really really should be should be thought about. Yeah. So, well and that's kind of what I was getting working. at and I have the same question, you know, for for you, Morgan, is what made you start doing it? Maybe it sounds like an obvious question, but I'm. But so many breweries aren't doing these practices. So what's different? What made you think about it? You know, I always uh, I was into the idea of biodiesel and that sort of thing, and it wasn't necessarily because of being raised by hippies out in the desert. It wasn't that had nothing to do with it. Yeah, it was really um, beginning a career in brewing at a very young age, and you don't make much money. So I needed a way to be able to fuel a vehicle to get tuned from work okay, and that sort of thing. So it was really out of necessity. Uh, and then as I grew and, you know, was able to build up from there, uh, it just became part of just nature for myself. You know, it, it made sense to me to be able to reclaim something that was waste and turn it into something that I could 
I hate to say it, almost laugh at people when they go talk about how expensive fuel is. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's, it's not it, that hard to switch over. It costs me like saying. 60 bucks to drive to Portland and back, whatever. You yeah. know? Uh, <laughs> okay. so, I mean, that's, that's kind of what, what got me into it was just money savings. And then as my company's grown, I've been able to see much larger savings, not just saving, you know, $300 in fuel up to Portland. It's saving $2,000 in fuel a month. Just in production. And then, you know, you have multiple vehicles running, and pretty soon it ends up being something truly substantial. Wow. So so all of your company vehicles are running on uh, biodiesel? Every single one of them, yeah. That's, how many vehicles are there? Currently three. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, will your kids one day say that they were raised by a dirty hippie, though? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I hope not. I hope not. They probably will, though. Go, Dad yeah. was cool. I mean, he was yeah. kind of a hippie, but really it was, he was just cheap. A oh, Morgan's <laughs> Uh, I put deodorant on I'm before I came in here. <laughs> before you came hey, in here. Right. Smell. Hippie is the frame of mind. It smell. is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it is. Bullshit. <laughs> and, John, Patchouli. your brewery is this whole concept. You call it an agricultural uh, brewery. Did you have the farm before and just thought, well, a, a brewery would work here? Was that the, the map from the beginning? No. Um, it took quite some time to actually find to find the farm. We were really trying to find one that was... That was um, that really had a. I, I laid out some real specific um, parameters of what I really needed in order to make it function, and one that it just had to be a farm that had to be fairly close to the downtown area. Even though breweries are really um, are really destination oriented, and we have a lot of wineries and stuff here too, and that's that is the case in in that field as well. Hmm. Um, but we found actually a, a ten acre farm, a historic farm that was that's ten minutes from. The downtown chamber of commerce building so um so it was it actually took a long long time in fact it took probably a couple of years to find the property looking constantly until uh until what we what we have today um and we we're of course we we're hoping to find some sort of a a structure on the property that we could that we could repurpose and use as the brewery there are there's a big really old barn there and there's the old farmhouse and some outbuildings and stuff on there, but nothing we could use for the brewery. So we ended up building, uh, building from the ground up, which was okay. actually turned out to be better. It's just, you know, it's more money. Sure. But, of course. You know, what do you do? So, but yeah, it took some time to find it. Okay. What, what is the reaction that you guys get from other breweries and other brewers when you talk to your colleagues? John, I know you said, you know, I'm not trying to show anybody up and say, you know, neener, neener, look what I'm doing. But what what do people say when you say, hey, you could do it this way? Here, they're pretty open-minded about it. Um, and many are doing some different things and trying to do what they can in different ways. We've got a brewery right in downtown that has bees on the roof of their building, and they're right downtown. Um, and they try to do try to do as much as they can mm-hmm. in little ways, um, and I think they they realize that there's benefits to doing things environmentally friendly. And the clientele, the customers react positively, positively as hell. You know, when you're saying this, um, you know, this product we're we're, we're wasting nothing. Yeah, you know, they love that. They get it gives them a whole other reason to like the product and like the brewery. So sure, it's kind of win win. Okay. What about you, Morgan, with your with your burner too? You know, do people say, "Oh, there's no way we could afford that or do that"? You, you know, it actually ends up being uh, more financially viable than putting in the new uh, boilers that you have to here in the Bay Area. And I think that here in California, 
uh, we've always kind of led the way, um, from my knowledge, at least when it comes to environmental type matters. Um, you know, I'm, I try and be as clean as possible, but I'm competing against companies like Sierra Nevada and Anderson Valley yeah. that have really, truly led the way, at least in this area, when it comes to that sort of thing. So th- they may even be looking at me and laughing and be like, oh, the greenest, right? You know, uh, <laughs> The greenest in Oakland. Yeah. He's still pulling his recycling out to the curb, you know, where they're like, I don't know, making robots out of it or something. But <laughs> right. uh, So I, I think that, you know, companies like myself and even Sierra Nevada and Anderson Valley and even Terra Firma, we're, we're not pretending we're saving the world we understand that we're not but what we want to do is maybe learn something or pass some tidbit of knowledge onto somebody that can do something with that for the next step um i don't think any of us are really going to find the solution Hmm. to any specific problem it's going to be little bits and pieces of information that we're able to compile together over the course of decades as companies like terra firma and myself and sierra and anderson valley and new belgium all these companies that have this ethos of, you know, creation and saving, uh, we're all going to, you know, compile this together like we did back in the, you know, 70s, 80s, and 90s to bring craft brewing up from nothing. Yeah. We're, we're kind of trying to do the same thing now in a less organized fashion. But, you know, I, like I said, I don't think even uh, Terra Firma, I don't think, is doing this thinking they're saving the planet. I think they're doing it thinking that they're going to gain a piece of knowledge they're going to be able to pass on to somebody that's going to be able to hit the next step. Okay. Yeah. What do you think, John? Yeah. Yep, I think that's true. We're we're already seeing a lot of people that are um, that are kind of watching and 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 they're contacting and you know asking how how can I do this and they're looking around the country and they are seeing other breweries all over the place that are that are really really focusing on this stuff and I think they they really see it as being something really cool and they want to they want to get into it and see if they can make it better Okay. What yeah. do the other sustainability activists think about you taking the pretentiousness out of their movement? Uh, <laughs> I try to be as pretentious as possible, actually, outside of this this uh, studio. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have a long list of, you know, only brewery in Oakland this, first brewery that oh, that. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Hey, when I leave here and get into my diesel BMW. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> So, Morgan, let's talk about your uh, this burner of yeah. yours, because yeah. this is kind of the heartbeat of your brewery, uh, at least I know when you moved down there. And, and I know you've been excited about this. You'd gotten into diesel, uh, biodiesel even mm-hmm. bef- before this. Yeah. So talk to me about this thing. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm sure JP even remembers me pouring, like, cubies of oil into my old Ford truck back when we used to work next to each other. I do remember that. Okay. Yeah. It was very fun and a very uh, oily time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. You're welcome. Um, so it was something that I kind of was, was getting into. And in moving from Concord to Oakland, uh, I did it just at the, the cusp of this new change with the uh, Bay Area Air Quality Management District. Um, they have an acronym, but I don't remember what it is. <laughs> Asshole. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and basically what it meant was the boiler that I had that I was using was no longer able to be in use. It was no longer going to be grandfathered in. Okay. And in order to become 
to put a new boiler in, it had to be this new, you know, like $60,000 crazy natural gas boiler or an electric boiler, mm-hmm. um, which is more affordable to purchase up front, but costs a lot of money to run over the long run. Especially in California. Yeah, yeah I signed a 20-year lease on my building. So I'm okay. thinking like, okay, what am I going to do here? And um, so I'm just pouring over the, the regulations and, and everything that, that had gone out. And I realized that, you know, they were regulating electric uh, boilers, gas boilers they weren't regulating heating oil boilers okay which is basically like the, a lot of them on the east coast they run on in essence diesel fuel mm-hmm. and i thought gosh you know i've been running this vegetable oil in my truck for a while and it still runs okay you know and maybe i can do the same thing with my boiler so yeah. i looked into it and i talked to a lot of people there's a, a actually i think there's a lot of crossover between brewing and uh, people who are into alternative energy and just kind of thinking forward. Uh, talked to enough people, and, and they all kind of scratched their head and said, gosh, you know, um, I think it could be done. And uh, I finally found a place that was making biodiesel in Oakland on a commercial level, and they had four boilers running oh. on biodiesel <laughs> to, to make, make biodiesel. biodiesel. <laughs> exactly. Uh, unfortunately, they've since gone out of business. They were part of my business plan, uh, them, them being right down the street. But, yeah. uh, but they, they, they said it could be done, so that you started it. Not only did they say it could be done, I would walk in and watch all four going on high fire, and they were running 24-7. Hmm. And uh, they were a little bit more sloppy than me. I mean, everything leaked and dripped and stuff like that. Did and it that, smell like french fries? You know, we actually get our oil from a, a lot of our oil comes from one of our accounts uh, uh-huh. that does Burmese food. So, like, yeah, yeah, the, the Burma superstar, man. So it has this huge, it like, Thai. Bur- oh, it smells fantastic. Yeah, your, your curry yeah. IPA is tasting fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah maybe uh, you could, like, bubble that through the fermenter. I should. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little exhaust through there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get a lot of looks, actually, in my truck, my wife's car. You know, the sales vehicle. People drive up and like, what the heck is going on? Smell. <laughs> I was like, lunch, I'm hungry. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But uh, so I saw that and uh, I figured I should probably, before dumping all this money into it, I should probably contact. Consider the, it. Yeah. yeah, I should consider it and contact the air quality management district. And, and talking to them, they, you know, basically were like, wow, man, that's something we never really thought about. <laughs> so they gave me like this parameters that I had to hit, like, you know, the, the new uh, natural gas boilers had to be 20 knocks 20 parts per billion knocks and on all these little things and i'm a brewer i don't understand knocks and parts <laughs> per billion i mean i don't know how many bubbles is happening a minute you know that's kind of <laughs> right. where i'm at when yeah. it comes to that sort of thing and i was like oh, okay yeah yeah cool and i'm thinking like how am i even gonna test this you know yeah but anyway i decided to be like well maybe if i'm just quiet and just build it and not worry about it so I ended up building it, okay. and uh, I love. See, yeah, this is my kind of like attitude. Driving your RV through the mountains and having no, having yeah. no brakes. Right. What, what, yeah. what if we just go for it? Yeah. yeah. What, 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 what could be the worst so, thing that can happen? Yeah. A brewery yeah. doesn't. A brewery doesn't have brakes. Yeah. Nothing you catch on fire. Half the brewing network would explode. Yeah, no. But otherwise, fine. You had brakes a fire are only there to go slow you down. I love this attitude, Morgan. So anyway, I built it up, and uh, we have a, a good friend who actually has probably worked on some of your guys' refrigerators. There who came out and helped me. Dial in the the uh, gates, like these air gates, and, and stuff that I wasn't really familiar with. And we ended up uh, on low fire, which is where I normally run it at 12 parts per billion knocks, which is eight parts per billion below what they're looking for on their natural mm-hmm. gas, and uh, 10 on high fire, which I, I'm not creating enough draw to really use my high fire at this point. Okay. Uh, and it just cycles too much at that point. So I run it on low fire. 
uh, and I'm well below what they're looking for when it comes to these brand new. Emissions, you're saying, you know, yeah, exactly. Right. So it's like it just. Oh, just to clarify, mm-hmm. is this your old burner that was going to be obsolete that got converted to this new one, or did you have to buy a new burner to do this? So I wasn't able to actually buy a burner to do it. I had to build one. Oh, you um, just built the whole thing. Yeah, but okay. there's information out there. Okay. Uh, luckily, I mean, we live in the age of Google, so yeah. you can pretty much do anything you want. Like everyone in this room, <laughs> if they wanted to. You hand somebody twenty grand, you could build a biodiesel brewer, okay. uh, boiler. Okay, just, the information's there. So I just used Google to figure it out, and I built it just from parts that I'd order from like Crown Boiler and Beckett, and you know all the different companies. I see, and uh, piece it together. And it's funny because when people look at it, they're like, "No, you didn't build that." There's like nameplates on it. Yeah, it looks yeah. really nice. I've, I've yeah. seen the thing. Plus, you haven't yeah. exploded yet, so I feel like well, you're. <laughs> you know, this I, is a high. I change my beard occasionally. <laughs> I mean. You, it's a dangerous thing. Like, there's fire involved and a lot of heat and pressure, but you're saying it's not that big a deal. The last year and a half has kind of numbed me to the danger, but okay. it is a million BTU vegetable oil flamethrower is really what it is. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's nerve-wracking. Like a- I just put the assistance near it. Right. I just work on the <laughs> yeah. other side. Right. Right. Buffer. Morgan's exactly. office is on the yeah. opposite end of the building. It is. So that way... <laughs> So you mentioned yeah. a low flame you can operate now, but mm-hmm. what if you expanded where you had had those 120 barrel fermenters yeah. reaching to the sky there? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do then? So I'm powered right now. I built the, bro- uh, the boiler to be able to uh, go four times the amount of what I'm doing right now. Wow. So I'm on a 15 barrel uh, brew house. Um, so I could, if I wanted to, I could go to a, a 60 and then also heat a mash ton. And that sort of thing. So I, I have room for expansion. I think there's – in a 6,000-square-foot building, I don't know that there's really a use for a 60-barrel boil kettle, really. And you just brew a bunch into no, one. No, I, no. Okay. No. How much effort goes into taking the oil in and treating it or doing whatever needs to happen before you can throw it in the boiler? So we spend about two and a half man days a week on collecting oil, filtering oil, running through centrifuge, and then processing it. Um, and we produce about 240 gallons of fuel a week. Uh, and you just collect, you gather it for free from your accounts mm-hmm. that you deliver beer to? Yeah, so we drop a keg off and pick up their oil. Nice. Um, yeah, they, it, they must how, love that. Yeah, it works out really well, especially because they're taking our beer that was brewed with their fryer oil. Wow. You know, it's kind of like this whole full circle thing, you know? That is yeah, very do, cool. They know, do they know your farmer that picks up the grain? I mean, that'd be interesting for them to meet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no Another kidding, full huh? circle. Yeah. Let's talk about a language barrier. How much <laughs> is my Burmese chef talking to my American redneck <laughs> farmer? You want to buy this? Pig, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Well, they should cook Texas. a pig. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. John, what are your thoughts on this biodiesel uh, burner? Do you guys use this uh, technology as well? We don't, um, but um, I do know that there are a lot of a lot of places here locally that use it for for other other sources and um, outside of the brewing industry. And you know, we think it's we think it's great. Love it. I just, I'm really, I just think it's so cool that it's your account. It's like it's the place you're delivering a keg to anyway, and then you just grab oil on your way out. Uh, don't let them, don't let them catch wind of what you're doing because they might start charging you for it. You know, I think some of them are doing it just because they enjoy it. We have accounts definitely that say, no, 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 we have people that pay us, and we, oh, okay. okay, yeah, no problem, and we'll just leave a card. Be like, if you ever change your mind, 
Yeah. If you yeah. ever want to be a part of this thing, that's awesome. <laughs> for <laughs> free. For, for free. free. For free. I love it. Being cool. Yeah. You want to be cool for free? We got you. <laughs> <laughs> we got your back over here. I love the idea of, of, of learning something for the betterment of the cause. Sure. I think that's a good idea. I, mean, I think if cool. you follow brewing all the way back to its beginning, it's always been that way. Uh, and it's not just this energy technology. It's not just this water uh, you know, reclaiming. It's not the BTU reuse. It, it's everything within brewing has always been something that's been passed down. I think, you know, I'm only 37, but I, I, I may be one of the last generations of people that there wasn't really schools that you took to become a brewer. Mm -hmm. You just chose one day to become a brewer and uh, you, you walk that path. And I think people still can do that, but now they have schools and everyone's capitalizing on it. But I I think that from the dawn of, of brewing, it's always been this shared knowledge for the betterment of the, uh, the system of brewing. Yeah. So, Morgan, you actually look like the last brewer to walk that path, by the way. You get the like, Moses beard yeah. and the... Uh, he actually looks like the first brewer ever. <laughs> <laughs> really. It's freaking me out. So I, I, I know everyone can't see what's going on because we're you know just talking and all you hear is that. But uh, I'm actually... Uh, normally, I'm six foot five, and I've got probably about a two foot long beard. And I'm in a room right now with a dude with a longer beard than me, and it really <laughs> is freaking me out. I can't yeah. even look over there. Yeah, it's like when I run across somebody who's taller than me. For you guys, it's just another tall person. Yeah. Right. For me, it's like get out of my face. It's man. weird, right? Yeah, Sean no, Paxton. Yeah. I think you it, and I are the same height. And Sean Paxton freaks me out. Yeah. No, you can't even meet around him, right? <laughs> I, I asked him one time. I'm like, I was like, excuse me, uh, how are you using celebration in your sausage? I didn't think you could use hops. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, done. Yeah, you ever met Roger from the from Bravery in um, oh, yeah. Lancaster? No. That kid's like 7'8". Roger, ah, yeah. Roger Morris, he's yeah, enormous. He's yeah. Yeah, what is it with the brewing industry and everybody being a million feet tall? Like, Justin, you are average for in the, the beer brewing industry. industry. What yeah. is that? Everyone is 7 feet tall. John, how tall are you over there? Um, I'm six one. Six Yeah, you and I are average in this in it's this so brewing four. world. And then now. everyone looks at me and they go, "Oh man, are you short?" And it's like I'm the American average. You, you can look it up. <laughs> Do you even know what a keg looks like? Uh, no, I've never seen one. All right, let, John. I want to go back to water again, real quick, just because I'm seeing in my notes here too that um, you use all of your water from a well that you have right there, right? Yeah, we have a we have a um, we're in a kind of a unique space spot here in Michigan where the um, where we were surrounded by um, um, an um, artesian aquifer. So we have we have surface water that is punching up all around us and wow. forming pools and streams. We have one that runs across our property. So um, so we also use uh, we tapped into that. It's about we to get down about 185 feet in order to hit it. Um, but then we have a freak drive on our on our pump, our well pump, so that we uh, we use the natural pressure, um, and then the uh, and then the pump itself just kicks in when we need the added pressure, so it actually saves us some money too as well. But we're the only brewery here that is completely off the grid in terms of water and waste. Well, that's so very it's, cool. Uh, it's a pretty slick deal. What makes an aquifer artesian? Um, natural pressure. Mm. So I, I guess I don't even know what the definition of artesian is then. So it's just a, a aquifer under pressure? Yep. It, it pushes up to the ground. I remember years ago, I think it was at Stroh's or somebody actually had a uh, – Detroit had um, the Stroh's plant in Troy, Michigan, long since gone. Um, used to run – I think it was the Stroh's company. They used to run TV ads that said um, – 
because uh, right. they advertised that they had artesian water, and, okay. they, and their ad said, no one's ever seen an artesian. <laughs> right. What a long time ago, but that's what they're referring to, is just the natural pressure of the, of the groundwater. Got it. Hmm. All right. Well, listen, John, I know that it's late there, and you've probably got things to do cleaning up after the mess, but maybe if you could, just before you go, tell us about a couple of beers that you make, and, and where can our listeners go to find out more about Terra Firma? What's the web address? Um, the website is um, com, and uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Um, we have uh, a huge variety of, of beers. We're getting ready to release our uh, our first session beer here this week. Um, we do uh, we do some really fabulous, um, wonderful pumpkin ales in the fall, and all the stuff that actually comes from our farm. Nice. Um, we we have some uh, we have a chocolate orange stout coming out here real quick, and uh, and everyone loves a, a lot of the flagship stuff: Anto Chili Dutch Double Chocolate Porter and um, and Soul Butter Triple IPA. And, uh, wow, so there's plenty. Sounds sounds fantastic. I'm reading here that you've brewed over a thousand of your own original recipes in your career too. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I really don't have a life. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Start a I don't sing or dance or anything. This is really all I do, and okay. uh, I've been doing it for a long time. So, so we're just trying to the the uh, as well as doing the the production flagship stuff, trying to squeeze in the specialty stuff um, that I've done all over the years and and try and get it all out there. So Fantastic. Well, keep up the good work, folks. You can go to breweryterrafirma.com and learn more about what John's doing, and I think there's some photos there. You can you can see it all. And, uh, John, thanks for spending time with us and, and talking to us about this. I think it's important, man. Absolutely. Thanks, you guys, for having us. All right. I hope we get to try the beer someday, too. Do you, uh, yeah. do you send it outside of Michigan? We do not. We are currently um, statewide in Michigan, um, but we we do not go outside of the borders at this point. So okay. you got to come here. Hey, we it's might. Beautiful here. You got to come here. I get out that way every now and then. All right, John. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, take, you guys. Take care. There you go. That's uh, John from Terra Firma and uh, doing good things out there. I love this idea of an agricultural brewery where the whole yeah. thing really lives on a farm and the and the circle there. You know, your circle in, in Oakland is from the uh, the restaurant that you serve, that you bring the beer yeah. to, back to the brewery. We it, farm different things you, in Oakland. You far- yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if your yeah. water came out of a well in Oakland, I wouldn't drink your beer, Morgan. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. From uh, from Burma <laughs> from, yes. to your tap. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Let's, take, let's do this. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, uh, Morgan, you got time to stick around with us? Yeah, I'm done. Because we can talk a little bit more about Ale Industries. We haven't Except had John in a while. We can have one yeah. of your beers. we got a game to play today. we got stuff to do. do? So, yeah, let's yeah, if, you'll, if you'll stick with us. All right. Let's do this. We'll take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, more with Morgan from Ale Industries, 888-401-BEER, or hit the chat button on the homepage. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. A few things happened 30 years ago. Arfanet migrated to TCPIP and the internet was 
born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at HopTech.com. heard about White Labs Pure Pitch Yeast. Pure Pitch is yeast grown right in its final packaging. That means yeast that has never been exposed to the environment. And White Labs Pure Pitch Yeast for homebrewers is now available to everyone at homebrew retailers nationwide. Easy to use, perfectly sized, and ready to pitch. White Labs yeast packaged using their FlexCell process ensures the purest yeast on the market. Visit whitelabs.com to learn more about Pure Pitch, FlexCell technology, and how it's created. Then visit a homebrew retailer near you for your own perfectly sized package of Pure Pitch yeast. And you can say hello to your own little friend. www.whitelabs.com When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a Certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerone are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand. Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. 
Adventures in Homebrewing have the knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipes. Some of the things homebrewing.org creates and manufactures in-house are the Brutus brew stands and propane burners, the serial killer adjustable two-roller grain mill with seven-pound hopper, custom stainless steel false bottoms designed to fit kegels, coolers, and mini-sized brew pots. The brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing have designed a huge selection of original recipes for extract and all-grain brewing. Adventures in Homebrewing original recipes are tried and tested, proven to be of the best quality. And right now, Adventures in Homebrewing is shipping 24 of their best recipes for free. Visit homebrewing.org for the most current selection. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And now, it's even easier with free shipping on these kits. Brewing Network listeners receive 10% off their homebrewing.org orders when they use coupon code IPA at checkout. See terms and conditions for full details. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. Hey, all right. Welcome back. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks to John from Terra Firma for uh, being on with us. And uh, before we move on, go over to craftbeer.com right now and check them out. Uh, great sponsor of this program, celebrating the very best in American craft beer. And they have this cool beer styles guide over there where you can go and learn about every single style. It's super interactive. It's not uh, – you don't just read through it like a PDF. You go – you can click on any of the styles. Uh, you can find out what other families of beer they might uh, fall under. I'm looking at coffee beer right now. So it's not just the very specific BJCP stuff, but you can really kind of dig around around and learn about uh, what color the beer is supposed to be, the IBUs, the alcohol content, uh, different food pairings, glassware and serving temperature information, commercial examples. So it's just a really uh, easy way uh, for you uh, or maybe your novice beer friends to go over and learn more about beer. Go to craftbeer.com and click on beer styles, and uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, I haven't seen anything like it, actually, on the web, so I I use it all the time for the show. So go check it out, craftbeer.com. All right, Morgan, I want to learn a little bit more uh, about uh, Ale Industries and what you've been up to, because we haven't seen you in so long. And um, what, what was it? I was trying to look up the date he was on, but I can't even find it. Was it the session? He, he was on with... been on the session. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. I don't think you were on. Oh, so it wasn't Ale even Ale Industries. Right? Yeah, it was EJ Fair. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, it was like... Is leading it? up to opening up Ale Industries. Yeah. And you okay. guys promised, you're like, hey, as soon as you open up, we'll get you right, <laughs> right back we? on. Yeah, how'd that go? <laughs> uh, I and, see. Uh, well, we had a backlog. Yeah. I think we did have yeah, you back yeah. on. We had no, you no. back on Lunch Meat is what we yeah. had you on. I was like, oh, fulfilled uh, our obligation. Uh, yeah. Here, I, Which, I, I found it, actually. It's uh, June 19, 2005. So that was like the second or third show ever. Right. <laughs> So EJ Fair. Do you guys remember when I like drank a whole bunch of quivering quail winter beer and like called Charlie Papazian out (laughs) on some crazy brewing practice? Do you remember that at all? Yes. Vaguely. Yeah. Vaguely. Not the Papazian. What show was that on then? It had to be around Christmas. Was it that show? I don't know. No, I think it may have been lunch meat. If what it, did you? What specifically did you call him? Somebody had called in and was like, "Hey, if we've got uh, this beer that we we're going to brew, and we didn't quite hit the color we wanted to, what would you do?" And uh, you know, everyone came up with ideas, and I was like, "Just grab a handful of grain and throw it in the kettle." And immediately, Charlie was like, "You know, I learned a long time ago that you just shouldn't put grain into the boil kettle. It's not a good idea." And I was like, "No, I do it all the time." 
I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, well, I mean, you could do that, but it's not a good idea. I'm like, no, 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 all the time, man. It's just good to go <laughs> open another beer, pour it. I'm, like, well, I'm, I'm talking to my mentor here. <laughs> see, that was uh, that was a December 11, 2005, okay. uh, when Papazi was in studio. So uh, I can pull that clip, in, and you can put it back mm. into this session and post. I'm if, sure if that Morgan act, would love that. Let's act like yeah. we just heard it, <laughs> yeah. and then it'll be right. seamless in post. Yeah. Did you did you wake up the next day feeling great about that or uh... no? I was fine. I mean, I he just I've, remembered about it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I started homebrewing when I was eighteen. Yeah, I've learned yeah. to just accept the things that I do, mm-hmm. and I don't have to understand them. I just have to accept them. I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many different beers does uh, Ale Industries make? Now? A thousand beers. A thousand beers. A thousand beers so yeah. You guys are very prolific. <laughs> now, uh, you know, we normally will run with uh, between five and seven at, at max. Okay. Uh, we have uh, four fermenters. We do a lot of uh, what we call barrels and uniquities. Uh, so barrel aged or just crazy one-off type things that you just wouldn't ever think about doing. Yeah. Okay. Um, so with those, we end up somewhere around the seven-ish number, but... Uh, you know, with the four fermenters, it's kind of tough to keep going while you're trying to keep solid handles. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's about where we're at. And I, you, you guys are kind of like us. I, I feel like you're a very slow moving company. You're a slow growing company. That's How, what people I, tell me. Yeah. A, and I don't, I don't think that's a negative thing. We're the Brewing Network's always been sort of a cautious, slow moving mm-hmm. company too. And uh, you know, we're not taking out giant loans so that we can uh, expand or explode or things like that. And, You're the tortoise um, from the tortoise and the hare. Yeah. Slow and yeah. steady. Yeah, slow and steady. Am I wrong about that? Do you do you see your company that way? You know, I, I see it both ways, actually. So, I mean, we, we definitely, the, the least amount that we've grown in a year is 20%. And we've seen wow. oh, that's you know, 60% growth okay. year to year in, in certain years. Uh, Morgan's you the that, hare. Yeah, I mean, compare that to some other breweries, though, and maybe that's a little slow. Okay. Um, there's other times, like, when I measure our growth by, like, how fast my hair is falling out <laughs> right. or turning gray or, like, yeah. the expansion of my waistline. All that stuff, it, it definitely seems like, wow, we're growing really fast. That's when I um, feel that way, too. Yeah. That's true. I just – I read an article recently that gray hair is completely genetic, not stress-related. Right. I totally so, disagree. So, uh, yeah. And my wife, Laura, I, I love her very much. Hello, Laura. She's uh, disagrees with this statement that I make all the time. But when I met her, I had no gray hair. Okay. And then my hair started turning gray on the side that she slept on. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> and it didn't move on to the rest of my head until we had children. Yes, makes sense. So to me. yeah, <laughs> I, I think it is stress related. You can, you so can feel her feelings towards you <laughs> yeah. on that side. Yeah. They're oozing. Yeah. They're yeah. oozing into his hair. Swear yeah. yeah. moment. She sucks the life out of you. Yeah, it, it's definitely stress related. You look That's at any, why I married her. any yeah. uh, president when they get elected, and then you yeah. look at them uh, after their first term, and they've gone completely gray every time. Yeah, totally hereditary. I feel the same, but I'm right. uh, just pointing out yeah. a, yet another study. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so you guys, you opened Ale Industries in 2009, though. Um, stayed in Concord until recently. You moved to Oakland, what, a little over a year ago, or has it been two years now? It's been about two years. It was October of 20. 20- 12 or 13, I don't know. They all blend together at this point. Okay. Um, when we took the lease, and then we had a build-out of about five months. Um, again, this is where that moving slow thing is. We like to do everything ourselves. So, you know, we bought a trailer, used a forklift, loaded all of our equipment up onto the trailer, trailered it over to the new spot, unloaded, set it all up, piped our new boiler, did all that stuff completely ourselves. Yeah, okay. So You moved the forklift too, right? You know, actually, we didn't. Just drive it down the yeah. freeway. We yeah. turned it to the rental place. 
I rented another one there. We actually borrowed beer, beer, and more beers for oh, to load up. Yeah, to yeah. load up, and then we bought another one and had it delivered to our new facility. Yeah, yeah. So right. yeah. very, very efficient. I think yeah. we like rented it with like two five gallon kegs or something like that. Ah, <laughs> what size of fermenters were you? Here's worth more than money. Fifteens uh, and thirties. Oh, okay. Now, if you took your existing brewery from Concord and moved it down there, and you're talking mm-hmm. about this period of time, how how did you plan for that beer wise? How did you make beer in the interim? Uh, so we just did the whole sock money away kind of idea, and okay. we didn't make beer. So we, we thought, we toyed with the idea of getting stuff made by contract. Mm-hmm. And um, I've, I've gotten in so much trouble talking about this. I don't even want to <laughs> yeah. get it. I don't want to get into it. I've, I've, yeah, we I've had shows this. that it was not for us. Okay. And, uh, and so we just sucked it up, saved dollar bills in our pockets, and uh, paid for the expansion, paid for the build out, did it without beer. Uh, okay. We did have this whole like uh, armory of sours and barrels of iniquities beers that we bottled up before we left and sold them case by case. Okay, like when we needed to go to Home Depot, it was like 150 bucks. <laughs> like, Here, buy two cases of beer. Because it's so, not just yeah. a income problem; it's sort of a tap real estate problem mm-hmm. isn't it you have all these accounts yeah. that uh, and you maybe you keep their the handle because you deliver them beer every week mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden you're not delivering beer yeah they have a new best friend you know by yeah. the time we had beer again they had already like made good friends with you know the new guys on the block and there was some other space, bearded so. asshole yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you gotta yeah. get, you gotta get back in line and get good at the back massages and, right. were you, you nervous know. about that uh, you know, I find myself to be nervous about a lot of things, but okay. uh, yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so you, you didn't go around trying to get everybody to promise to give you a handle back? Before? I don't think that would work. You know, like the, right. the concept of like everyone being cool with each other and stuff like that, it's only as long as like that beer's on tap and people are buying it. Right. If you sell somebody a beer and it doesn't sell, you're an asshole, man. Like that's <laughs> yeah. it. You're, right. you're not back on tap. What for have a you long done time. for me lately? Yeah. Now you, you basically just have to wait for a new beer buyer to like that one to be fired and new one to come in. <laughs> Luckily, that happens all the time. There's a lot. Right. There's yeah. enough turnover yeah. to keep us in business. So, okay. Yeah. And so at the time that you move, you also made a decision to keep a tasting room mm-hmm. here in in Concord. So you rented, a, or at least I assume, a new location. It's called the Pig and Pickle. It's just around the corner from us here at the Hot Grenade. And why did you make that decision rather than just move the whole operation to Oakland? Yeah, so, you know, I had, uh, at basically at 22 years old, I'd started brewing beer here in Concord. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'd done it for 13, 14 years at that point. And I, I knew so many beer drinkers here in town. You know, by first time I knew what they liked, I was selling them corny kegs for their kegerators at home and it was just it was like it was home you know conquered this this east county was home for me so in moving to oakland i i just didn't like the idea of completely walking away from you felt you were betraying us it it was the area that that helped build me you know like why would i just walk away from me like oh here's the new hip place oakland i'm gonna do this now uh so i wanted to do something and it, it was a great decision we've had a good time um, you know, I didn't realize right away that I was actually opening a restaurant. 
Uh, which is really retarded. Don't do it. You you did it. Yeah. How do you like it? No, no we, we did, did it not. Uh, we half-assed our restaurant, okay, which, good. like everything else, we yeah. do. So we we have what is known as a prep kitchen. Nice. Uh, so very small menu, mm-hmm. and no, we 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 still fight tooth and nail about uh, having a kitchen. Pig and Pickle yeah. was a, formerly a like a chicken joint, right? So it has the full range and the 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 grease uh, interceptor, and mm-hmm. it's a full everything kitchen. you need to have a kitchen. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the Pig and the Pickle is has been. Uh, it, it has everything to it except it's all miniaturized. So, okay. like, it, it looks like you're going to be able to have this huge restaurant and do everything you want, but you get two people in there and it's just constantly battling. And yeah, over these last two weeks, I've actually been pretending to be a line cook there. Oh, which has been pretty interesting. I think I burnt my beard pretty bad the other day. <laughs> yeah. it, it used to be better I, I than it beardies. Was, it, it was better than his. But now, and, yeah, I thought it was excuse. looking thinner yeah. than the last time I saw you and grayer. Yeah. 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 Uh, so you do have a full kitchen there, mm-hmm. though. Uh, so is is it all Ale Industries beer, or do you have guest beer as well? So we do run, you know, two to three guest taps, okay. uh, which is kind of fun. We try and keep it hyper local. Mm-hmm. You know, we figure, you know, you've got stuff from all over that you're pulling from, and it, it makes sense for us to kind of differentiate because mm-hmm. we're actually right down the street from, yep. you know, from your guys' place. So we differentiate a little bit by keeping hyper local, um, but then we also have like 30 to 50 bottles that we keep um and nice. we we bring bottles in from around the world so that, okay. that keeps it fun i love it yeah. i do think that you've uh, we've 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 all done a good job of differentiating we have we have you around the corner we got mm-hmm. us here we got ej fair yeah. next door what a cool little conquered family i think that we have and people i i think like to go to all three of us for different reasons yeah i mean it's really neat we've kind of all grown up together in a way yeah and you know we each have our own slant on what beer is and how we want to present it to people. Sure. And I think because of that, there's like this broad enough selection of culture and styles and everything that it is. You can really have a true beer adventure in this area. I think we've also not grown up together, so we can get into <laughs> dick jokes and everything else uh, that's a good whenever we see each other. Yeah. So that's always fun, too. <laughs> right. You still think Concord is cultured. <laughs> <laughs> it is cultured. It's just, you know, it's it's, it's, Mexican it's, culture. it's, it's own culture. Yeah. There's 87 taquerias. It's amazing. It yeah. There get, are a lot of taquerias. You get a lot of culture here. Right. Well, it's great. to Fruvel, I just feel right at home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. You're also surrounded by taquerias and Fruitvale, right? So I would hate to say it, but I think better. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm happy to come down and, yeah. and put it to the test. I'll go check that out. All my yeah. life in California, and I still love Mexican food like almost every other meal. Yeah, yeah. So it's good stuff. I'll, street okay. food is street food. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderful. All right. Um, we got to do a little feedback. You mind if I, mind if I take a detour and do that uh, for a couple minutes? No, I don't mind. He's good with that? Yeah. I, I yeah. mind, actually. <clears throat> Too bad. No. Shut the fuck up, Beardy. Doctor texted is. me and said he's very excited. About feedback. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Feedback's brought to you today by our good friend John over at Beer Law Center. You can go to BeerLawCenter.com right now. And John protects our trademark for us. He does a real good job doing it. He can do that for you, too. He also does TTB filings. And uh, if you're in uh, North Carolina, then uh, he can do everything for you. Uh, but he can't do it across every state. But he's a great guy. Go to BeerLawCenter.com. And uh, he's probably doing something to protect my hop grenade right this very minute. I keep him up all night all the time doing that sort of thing. He's a good kisser, too. By the way. He, he does. Yeah. He really, he's very he's very giving. Is it the tongue? He is very giving. Uh, no <laughs> tongue, but just moist. Moisture is a key. Yeah, he's a moist man. Yeah. Uh, okay. Who's this? Brian writes in and says, hey, uh, what's up, everyone? I just wanted to drop a line and say thanks a ton for all uh, that you've done uh, f- to help brewing over the years. 
This last weekend, I took gold medals, uh, took gold medals for both pale ale and double IPA uh, in the for what it's worth competition. Yeah, I love beer. Are we, are we clapping at the pun or the winning? Both. For what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I entered under the Brewing Network. Uh, you guys have been a saving grace of sanity while sitting at a nine to five desk job. Many times, people just see me laughing at myself uh, and have no idea why. Um, anyway. In closing, he wants to say, shut the fuck up, Beardy. Shut the fuck up, Beardy. He also wants to say, JP, quit being a douche about IPAs. They're flavorful, and not everyone develops an autoimmune disease to popular things. You can suck a dick. He doesn't know you well on this one. Yeah. Moscow, one word for the soundboard. Timing. Suck a dick. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Uh, Bevo and Kim, good luck on your future workplace harassment lawsuits. That's... Probably good. I should get a different lawyer now. He's saying a lot of things. And Justin, keep on fighting the good fight. Cheers from Brian. Thanks, dude. What are you fighting? Poverty? Uh, yeah. yeah. Good <laughs> luck with that. Poverty and and work. Yeah. I'm yeah. fighting against those two <laughs> things. Gray hair. Have been my whole life. Remember when you used to pluck the gray hairs from your beard? Yeah. Manually? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You gave up on that fight. Uh, I had to. Yeah, I mean, at the, at the time, there when it was like five to right. seven. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't even care. Now he wouldn't have a beard if he did that. I know, and so I've thought about what the next move is because I'm still the next move. (laughs) Let it go. Uh, No, because no, you're gonna rub shoe polish Uh, in your beard. Well, there's the option of uh, go full blown Brian Wilson just for men. No, that's not an option. Uh, It can't be an option. There's the shaving option. I could shave my face for the first time in ten years. Yes, you should. Think um, about doing that, but your beard's so patchy; it's kind of like you're shaved anyway, <laughs> right? So, but that's what I mean—that patchy and gray. It's you know, I don't know. It's your thing now. Is well, next gray? time you go on vacation, <laughs> I never. That's the problem. Yeah, that I never wanted it to be my yeah. thing. You're the weird facial hair guy. Yeah. Next time you go on vacation, just shave your beard on the first day, and so if you don't like it, by the time you come back, that growth will kind of be back. Somewhat. Yeah, no, it takes a while with me. I can take a nice long vacation if you'll cover the show, and then I like it. Everyone likes that. I could loan you some of mine and some Elmer's (laughs) when you come back from vacation. Why isn't yours gray at all? And what are you going to do when it is? Well, Well, 10 years old. Call me his hairdresser now. I'm I'm not even 30 yet, so Uh, I don't need to worry about that. Yeah. You're my age, right, Morgan? What do you? Th- I'm 37. Oh, 37. Yeah, yeah I thought yeah. so. I would say grow your beard out and experiment with colors. <laughs> you look like a good purple man. Great, yeah. thank yeah. you. Yeah. I'm never taking your advice. The problem with the just for men is that it dyes it all one color. Yeah. If you look at your beard, there's right. so there's different colors. No, oh, then I can like a rainbow. touch of gray. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's yeah. like there's a formula for look, everything. Salt and pepper. You've got the salt and pepper look. It's nice. Look at I'm yeah, not keen on doing good. the dye job. I think it's more likely that I do the shave job, but. The thing is, uh, if you think I look stupid now, <laughs> remember me with short hair and a shaven face. Yes, I do. Uh, and very much I didn't so. get laid very often. And you have a girlfriend now. Who gives a shit? Yeah. She clearly loves you for other reasons, which will remain My nameless. money, you think? Uh, uh, no, I don't think that. <laughs> right. All anyway. right, let's move on. Sorry. We'll we'll yeah, discuss this get, as my life goes we're on. Talking about dick size. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Geezer Brew writes in. Uh, hey, gents, I wanted to give thanks uh, for the fantastic content. I just signed up as a corporal in the BN Army. Thanks Thank for that. you. Yeah. 
your community of flabby, middle-aged, self-deprecating asshats really have something great brewing. Uh, I recently did a 130-mile bike ride called the Death Ride. Why would you do that? Uh, that's a good question. He's a So we were driving through Yosemite. I would see these cyclists driving up the hill. And it was like a knee-jerk reaction. Every time I saw them, I'd be like, fucking idiot. Well, you, like, who does that? Cyclist is derived from the word psycho. Idiots, yes. Well, well also healthy people. Right. Oh, there were so many of them on the road. It just seems so... Not fun. Needless. <laughs> I'm going to sweat and ride up a hill wearing spandex. Yeah. So no. when I when I first got into uh, running vegetable oil on my truck, uh, we were heading out to Mammoth Brewing Company. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. For their, their festival. I think it just happened. Yeah, that's where we um, just were. That's where we came from, yeah. Yeah. So I decided to take go through Yosemite and go up and over the Tioga Pass. Yeah. And right as I'm at the very peak... Uh, I wasn't aware of this, but diesels, when they get way up in elevation, mm. uh, they get ch- really choked down on air, and mm. they just start spewing this black smoke out. Mm. And I'm barely able to creep up. I've got like two tons of beer in the back of my truck. I'm barely creeping up. <laughs> got past. Yeah. I've got this like line of cars behind me, and there's this guy just hopping on his bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like spitting out like a train. Oh, on this no. And I see like the, the soot behind me, and a cyclist coming up, and I want to like honk my horn and be like, sorry. Sorry, dude. Yeah. But uh, I didn't. I just rolled up my windows and just kept going. Like, <laughs> what are you going to do? Barely one mile an hour faster than the bicyclist. He's in the most, matter. like, pristine national park <laughs> environment. Oh, Morgan, man. you just undid all these years' right. worth of green brewing in one yeah. fell swoop. Well, well it was green black. It's carbon neutral. No. Carbon neutral. Even at 8,000 feet? That's a lot of soot, bro. Uh, so no one's perfect. The, the RV we were in is also a diesel, mm-hmm. and uh, I just made sure that my my rear view mirrors were too dirty to notice if it oh, was the dirt on yeah. the mirror or the black soot coming out of the vehicle. <laughs> that was a legitimate question at one point. And then when yeah. we stopped, I decided to clean them for you. Yeah. So then you would know for sure. But by that point, you hit the flatland. Exactly. So, so as far as I'm concerned, we were clean all the way up that hill. Yeah. <laughs> we were definitely clean. So this guy did this 130-mile-an-hour-mile uh, uh, bike ride, and then he says, your podcast got me through the uh, inane training sessions to be able to finish the ride. So amazingly, uh. you can actually listen to the show without being completely off your tits drunk, he says. Wow. All right. Well, I wouldn't recommend it. I would not try it. All right. You know who else does that ride? It's Paul Brown. Yeah. Oh, he does? Which is why his uh, name in the form is Death Rider. His Death Rider. Yeah. I think he just like, did it. Does it or yeah. did it at he, one point? No, he did it at one point. And he just did it recently. Yeah. In the last four weeks. Isn't he, yeah. like, yeah. Isn't he like 90 years, years old? Yeah. He's insane. He's old enough. Well, yeah. no, he's 45, but he looks 90 because he fucking rides his bike for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. He's... He's Head a, and shoulders healthier than any of you in that room. Yeah, that, I agree, but what a boring yeah. life being healthy. Spoken like, spoken like the woman who just ate a pound of cheese. Um, <laughs> shut up, Warren. Yeah. All right. That's a good point. Here's an update on our friend Spider Wrangler from Jim. He says, hey, guys, I'm hoping you can do this shout-out. I just wanted to let everyone know that from here on out, our friend that was formerly known as the Spider Wrangler shall be officially known as Dr. Spider Wrangler. Yeah. Our friend Ryan Bell has successfully defended his dissertation on spider fucking or behavior, whatever he did, at the Ohio State University here in Columbus, Ohio. All of us from the Sods Homebrew Club in Columbus are proud of him, and now he can get back to brewing beer instead of watching spider porn. So It's, a, it's PhD, though. It's fake doctor. Fake doctor, yeah. yeah. Like doc. Right. Uh, all right. And then Bjorn writes in. Uh, at one time, was he a baby Bjorn? I'm sure he was. Thank you. 
Uh, titled <laughs> Lifter Ups of Spirits. Hi, some feedback for you guys. A while ago, I started building a microbrewery in Sweden. And as many others, uh, I have, of course, experienced that some parts of the endeavor is very tedious and time-consuming. Can you tell that this has been translated? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people write in and compliment you on the quality of information, etc. But quite frankly, that is not so much what I want to thank you for. Uh, <laughs> That's not bad. That's pretty you, good. Well, yeah. It's honest. It's very verbose. During the building phase, whenever I have been ready to give up trying to piece together a surplus boiler with a dairy tank using Chinese almost correct measurements, stainless fittings, or something similar, I have tuned to the session. Uh, listening to you guys banter with brewers who once where I was where <laughs> gave back the enthusiasm for the craft and made me want to continue. That's still pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. He's doing all right. Uh, was finally ready to sell my first batch of beer nine months ago, partly owing to the BN. Wow. Regards from Bjorn. And if you want to go check out his brewery, it's at skagalosa.se. <laughs> you spell it. I don't care. I'm glad to hear you guys are giving it back. Yeah. S K A G G A L O S A dot S E. Skagalosa. Skagalosa. <laughs> Sounds like a weird American word, actually. Um, and then he says that the session actually makes for great background noise during manual bottling. Oh. So, uh, yeah. You can't hear shit during manual bottling. That's why it's background noise. It's yeah. great background noise. That's where our show is good. All right. That is your feedback today brought to you uh, by our good friend over at uh, Beer Law Center. Go check them out and uh, do good things with them. Okay. We're going to take another break. When we come back, uh, what are you doing? A little find the fake today? Yes. Is that our no, game? It's been too long. All right. I think that Morgan, if he can stay, uh, will play find the Find the fake with us. You down? I'm down. And then we've got some of our uh, Australian uh, listeners. Uh, Brendan Abbott is with us tonight. If they haven't gotten arrested yet, because you know how those Aussie, <laughs> Aussies get, uh, then I think they're going to come on the program and play Find the Fake with us as, as well. And then maybe what? We need a couple contestants from home. So 888-401-BEER. Give us a few minutes if you're listening live, like 10 to 15, because we're going to take a little break here. And then call in 888-401-BEER, and you can play Find the Fake along with us. It's JP's uh, favorite invention. Yes. That he invented. Do, yeah. do Aussies get arrested? Can't they just charm the police officer with their accent and just walk? Yeah. No, they get arrested for beating people up. There's billboards all over Australia about not beating up your friends and beating. <laughs> really? I, I'm not exaggerating. Wow. Uh, no, we'll, dip, Brendan no, will teach us. No okay. diplomatic immunity? Uh, no. No. Oh. It's the session. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Attention, home brewers. If you like making labels for your handcrafted awesomeness and wish more people could see how great you are, then check this out. GrogTag, the makers of custom reusable labels and craftbeerandbrewing.com are hosting the first ever National Homebrew Label Awards. The top 10 labels will be featured at the 2015 National Homebrewers Conference in San Diego to more than 5,000 attendees and more than $2,500 in prizes will be awarded. If you've created a label at any time in the past year, you're eligible to enter. GrogTag and Craft Beer and Brewing have teamed up with great sponsors like More Beer and the Brewing Network to make this competition a great one to enter. Submit your entries between March 1st and June 1st for your chance at fortune and glory at homebrewlabelawards.com. That's homebrewlabelawards.com. Submit your label entries today. Good luck, and we'll see you in San Diego. 
beer tasting games that train your palate, a brewery locator, and the brand new interactive beer style guide. These are just a few of the awesome things you'll find on craftbeer.com. The style guide is a beautiful example of technology and beer. Browse beer style families or turn on the automatic beer style finder and explore beer through color, bitterness, ABV, aroma, and flavor. It's really the coolest way to explore every beer style besides having them all in front of you. Go to craftbeer.com and click on beer styles to start the guide. Plus, enjoy the rest of craftbeer.com, the brewer's banter blogs, beer education, how to host a beer tasting, and the invaluable draft quality manual. Tons of great content that makes your beer better. Visit the new craftbeer.com right now and explore the website that brings you all the passion, camaraderie, and creativity of the craft beer community. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients, backed by the best customer service in the business. Do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging, but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater, a plug-in, anywhere, precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection that's williamsbrewing.com orders placed by 4 p.m pacific time weekdays ship the same day brewing is easy the williams way Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Eight 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 four zero one. 
It's time to talk beer and chew bubble gum. And we're all out of gum. The session. Welcome back to the program, and thanks once again for sticking with us all these years. Not even just for the break, but all these years. We appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, we are back on the program. We've got a little bit left to do here today. We're going to play a game tonight. Uh, we're going to play Find the Fake, which we haven't done in a little while, so I'm excited about it. I know, that. me too. Yeah. I've been missing it. It's going to be a good time. Uh, before we do that, don't forget that the uh, new book from uh, Gordon Strong, published by uh, Brewers Publications, is out now. It's Modern Homebrew Recipes, and what a wonderful book our friend Gordon has written. He's a well-qualified brewer and author and uh, provides specific advice on sensory profiles for each beer. His recipes are provided as brewed uh, with delicious variations to get the creative juices flowing. Modern Homebrew Recipes is more than a book of recipes. It's a book that sets brewers on the path to discovering what's new in the world of homebrewing. Go check it out right now. You can go to brewerspublications.com. And uh, we love Gordon. He's a good dude. Check out the book. He's All right. another big guy. He's a tall dude. Tall guy? He's tall. I think he's taller yeah. than me, as a matter of fact. Mm, really? I think, isn't he? I don't know. I, I wouldn't have guessed he was that, that tall. Me neither. Maybe I mean, he's like 6'6". Six, six. Uh, hmm. You're what? 6'4"? 5". You're six five. Yeah. Yeah, I so don't think he's that tall. He's right there. He's average. What are you, Morgan? Uh, I'm exactly JP's height. Six five as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But All I'm right. much better looking. And how about your IQ? Where's that on par with JP? Thirty five ish. Is that where we're at? For IQ, <laughs> we no. What is this? <laughs> like combined? <laughs> combined like combined yeah. thirty five or? Uh, I'm not sure. All right. So we're gonna play. Find the fake. Find the fake. Yeah, so... Triple eight four zero one beer if you want to play. We'll take... I think we got room for uh, three contestants on the phone. I've got one contestant on Skype. And then what we usually do here in the studio is we just sort of play <laughs> along and uh, he- try to help our contestants by giving them our advice. Even though we all suck at this game. And we, we, we brought a, a random uh, guest out of the... Uh, of the, of the bar to play, too. Yeah. Today, our random guest is uh, from Australia. Brendan Abbott. Uh, yeah, that's right. Hey, Brendan. Welcome to the studio, man. Thank you very much. Brendan took good care of us. Uh, Craig, as well, uh, who's here in the studio, took good care of us when we went out to Australia. Made sure we didn't get eaten by <laughs> wallabies or whatever eats you there. Probably not wallabies. Everything. Uh, everything else. But <laughs> everything but wallabies eats you in uh and Australia. That was a good time. Uh, we spent most of our time driving around Australia looking for kangaroos. The only kangaroo I saw was a large dead one on the yeah, side of the I road. Saw. I saw one. Uh, I, I drove back from uh, Canberra, Canberra into uh, Sydney, Canberra uh, to Sydney with these <laughs> with uh, Craig and uh, oh yeah. And Brandon. And yeah, it was funny seeing the different roadkills. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. their roadkill's a lot larger than our roadkill. It was the thing. Yeah, I, it's not entirely true. I did see kangaroos when I got down to Perth on the golf course. Kangaroos everywhere on the golf course down there. So yeah. I was excited. Good Australian cliche really brought home. You know, I've got a shameless plug for uh, the pub. We actually serve kangaroo tacos. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Hey, a little Absolutely. taste of home, yeah. guys. There you go. Come on, buy, I'll buy you a taco. They were over there today, weren't you? Yeah, I saw the menu, but uh, no. So <laughs> that's like a roadkill to us. That's I got like a question then for, for both of you, for both Morgan and for Brendan. I saw kangaroo 
meat, kangaroo mm-hmm. burger, kangaroo this, kangaroo stew, on the menu at different places. I thought maybe it was a joke. Are you telling <laughs> me that you have actual kangaroo on your menu? Actual Nevada-raised kangaroo. Nevada-raised. Nevada-raised. Genuine Nevada kangaroo. Nevada kangaroo. Wow. <laughs> Is that what the label says? Uh, well, once, they're, once they get too old to actually turn tricks, yeah. they, <laughs> yes. they grind them up for me and we make tacos. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. Interesting. Oh, weird. Is it just and, like the Australian no, deer? Is it just gamey? What does it taste like? Yeah, what's the flavor profile? Uh, it tastes like taco meat. Just yeah. so it's ground beef? Well, it's a, T- it's tasty a, had it in Sydney. I had a steak in uh, Sydney yeah. and it just tastes like good beef. Yeah, it's good. Really? It just tastes like good steak? So it's yeah. not gamey uh, like uh No, not gamey at all. No, no, very oh, nice. Yeah. Maybe, maybe beef just tastes like good kangaroo. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> the awkward. Yeah. We and like there to tell people it's hoppy. <laughs> it's just hot. You've, wow. Got it. Got it. Yep. Wow. That happened. You're dumb. <laughs> are, and are there no, like, activist groups stopping people from eating kangaroos? I mean, it seems like every animal that's not a cow has an activist group. I'd say there is, but they are a bit of a pest. What, what do you mean? Uh, well, they're everywhere, you know. I see. Uh, so they're, oh, so you just got to get rid of them. Not kind of like they're, deer they're, they're here. Not, they're not really endangered. I mean, they are protected. You have to have a license to... Um, Hunt them, okay. You know, um, when you think about it, in Australia there wasn't a lot of when first settlers first came to Australia there wasn't a lot of water around. Now we've put a lot of um, dams and things like that in, and uh, a lot of artesian water and things like that. So there's yeah. a lot more ruse around, as we call them. No, yeah, we shorten everything. So ruse, there's a lot of ruse around everywhere. So we don't, they're not really endangered. I see. Um, so you can get rid of some. Yeah. By the way, I like how you still call. Prisoner settlers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, right. Well, we are, you know. Yeah. We, uh, or, or some call us there some were call pres- relatives. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. There were guards also. When we right. came to Australia from our own free will, by the way, because <laughs> right. uh, we wanted to, not because we were told to. <laughs> Justin, I need to point out that cows do have activist groups. They're called India. <laughs> right, I know. Okay, uh, that's true. But just, you know, not as much. Yeah. It's become exciting. But, but there's a lot of, of rooms around, and um, yeah. you know, I, I might have been involved in reducing the number at some stage <laughs> on your own okay are they not farmed <laughs> with your car or with think, a gun i would think like for meat they would be farmed uh not just wild caught like you know the hilton there, wouldn't there, go there might and, be um yeah. i know i know there are people who've got licenses to you know wildly you know to cull the numbers so yeah um that's just a bit of fun yeah, yeah. well they get paid for it and, <laughs> you know i know you give our cats room eat so you know <laughs> He makes I didn't good, understand a word he makes said. a good point. I had no idea. We give out cats. Oh. I think he was suggesting you box a kangaroo if yeah. you wake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The accent. I can't. Uh, All right. Why don't we meet what our accent? contestants? Uh, our first contestant today who's going to play along with us is our old friend Blobberglop from uh, another country, Canada. Uh, similar to Australia, except for much less hardcore. You know. Yeah. We, we, don't, uh, we don't raise uh, kangaroos. We have moose. Moose. How's moose. moose? What does moose meat taste like? Gamey. It is, but it's it's uh, not as gamey as uh, venison. Venison is uh, very mm. gamey. Yeah, it's in between. Venison's gross. Have you ever killed a, a moose up there, Blobber? Nah, I, I've I've shot a couple of chickens and stuff, but. No. no. He's never killed a moose. You have to he's, shoot him? You shoot chickens? Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to shoot chickens. I thought you just yeah, sort of, I thought you just sort of like break their neck. It yeah. It's different in oh, Canada. Well, you yeah. can do that. Well, we got no, really violent shot. chickens yeah. in Canada. <laughs> he shot one in the foot just to disable it. I guess that's the difference between Americans and Canadians. We just do it with our hands. They dispatch with a gun. I don't know. Just I'm sorry. shoot it. Sorry. 
He's never uh, killed a moose, but he's crushed a moose knuckle in his time. You know what I mean? <laughs> of course he has. <laughs> All right, Blob. You now find the fake works. Uh, I think I do. Yeah. Okay. Hang in there. Let's meet our other contestants. I believe we have H.H. from Georgia on the line. H.H., what's happening? Uh, not a whole lot. Just driving. Welcome. Oh, driving and playing. I love it. Do you have a beer also? <laughs> My knees well, are getting Yeah, working. of course. Good man. Just one, though. Uh, H.H., have you played Find the Fake with us before? Do you know how it works? Uh, yeah. Okay. Good enough for me. And let's go on to Josh in Oregon. Josh, what's happening, buddy? Oh, you know, not much. Okay. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Glad to hear it. And then finally, finally, we've got uh, Nick. <laughs> yep. Nick from Pismo Beach rocking out on his drive. Rocking out with his cock out. Uh, hi, Nick. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. Um, oh, you know. <laughs> all right, so let me give you all the rundown here. We're about to play Find the Fake, and uh, JP is going to read us how many stories? Uh, four stories. Four stories today, and then you have to decide which one is the fake story. That's correct. Uh, I will allow you to take advice from the audience, and then I'm going to ask everybody what you think. Anyway, we got Morgan in here still to play along with us. Uh, we're going to let Brendan play, even though he's from Australia. And, uh, and of course, I'll ask everybody else's opinion, too. And can, can I give a tip? Just playing checkers? Yeah. Oh, Tacey's going to give tips. With the game to progress here. Yeah. Uh, remember, JP knows which one's fake, so. Yeah. It's all about how he sells it. Okay. Yes. So pay attention to huh. the delivery and the salesmanship. Hold yes. on. Let me delete some things and add. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. And uh, Blobber, stop doing things to your microphone, whatever you're doing. I'm sorry. Okay. He's hungry. He keeps putting the video on so we can see him. Oh. Stop that. Yeah. No No, no video. <laughs> yeah, unless it's, it's a ball shot. That tomorrow. We don't want it. <laughs> it's my ear that wants video. I'm sorry. All right. All right. JP, why don't you go ahead and read us today's story so we can figure out which one is the fake one. All right. I'm really excited about this game. Uh, this one is called Downward Facing Logger. Yoga pants and beer joined forces, as we all knew that they would eventually. Lululemon, makers of the $100 yoga pant, are jumping into the craft beer game with something called Curiosity Lager. We are still unclear as to what they are referring to by using the word curiosity, perhaps that moment in every yoga lover's life when they crave something other than wheatgrass and organic kale extract with just a hint of essential oils. Made in conjunction with Stanley Park Brewing, the Canadian company will produce about 88,000 cases of Curiosity Lager. There is no word yet on if the cans will have as many quality problems as their yoga pants have had, but this reporter will keep you posted. All right. The next one is called 2016, the year for cider. It's a question. Okay. Uh, in the middle of this... Uh, Hence the, that delivery you're the, talking uh, about. Uh, right. I got yeah. that up with the thing at the end there. Yeah. Stop it. Uh, in the middle of the historic drought here in California, there's another state that is facing a similar crisis, Oregon. That's right. The state that produces 75% of the nation's hops is battling a water shortage that could leave the beer industry with a hop crop that comes in 10% or more below last year's numbers. The growing demand for craft beer in the nation is already well ahead of the American hop supply, so this will only set things back even farther. But the issue doesn't stand solely with the lack of water. Five years ago, 70% of the hops grown in the Yakima Valley were high-alpha high hops, which thrive in the heat-rich environment of the valley. Today, that ratio has flipped, with 70% of the hops coming in as aroma hops. The downside to this is that these aromatic hops, many with European heritage, don't like the heat. While many growers aren't saying anything for sure, all signs point to a coming slowdown on organ-grown hops. Combine that with an expected 16 to 50% drop in the German harvest this year, and we are in for a world, world of hurt, potentially. 
What was that one titled again? 2016, the year for cider. Got it. All right. Did you notice the <laughs> cider? Yes. Okay. I thought it would be like, oh, hops are fucked. <laughs> Good sell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's why you don't write this game tasting. I get it. Form it into a dildo and ram it in your... Okay. Um, this next one is called Bottle Boy. I think we can all recognize rugby as the world's most manliest sport. Woo. Free from the bulky padding and whiny concussions of football, the flopping on the ice in hockey, <laughs> or even the long, make that really, really long breaks in between each pitch thrown in baseball, rugby sits alone at the top of Man Mountain. Now, rugby players in Argentina are able to elevate their manliest man status even more with the advent of the Salta Beer Tooth Implant. Designed to replace a tooth that has been knocked out during rugby, the Salta Beer Tooth Implant is, essentially, a bottle opener shaped like a tooth. The wearer is able to eat with it normally while having the added advantage of being able to pop open a beer bottle sans emergency visit to the local dentist. <laughs> wow. Video footage has surfaced of not only the procedure, but the recipients, all professional rugby players, actually opening bottles of beer with their new implant. God damn it, I want that. Yeah, do, do you need a broken tooth to do it, or can you just volunteer? That's it's changed, Argentina. That everything right I kind of think anything goes. I will rip a tooth out right now if that's true. It's well, like the Argentinian version of a grill. <laughs> Yeah, you've got a four to one chance. It's it's true. So that's correct. Yeah. When for this move to Kansas, someone get some pliers. Yeah. And where's Doc when I need him? <laughs> right. All uh, right. Okay. And last but not least, this one's called "Give Them the D." <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, let me write it down. <laughs> right. Give. Can I Sorry. can I go, go give them disease. instead of give them? Can I go give them the D? No. This reporter feels like it should be called "Give Them the D." All right, go on. Yeah. Pulmonary tuberculosis. <laughs> oh my God is the second most deadly disease in Africa, with HIV-AIDS coming in at number one, of course. Uh, these deaths are frustrating the scientific community because Western medicine has already developed a vaccine for tuberculosis, something that rarely shows itself here in America. To better help stem the tide of TB in Africa, beer conglomerate S.A.B. Miller are creating a new beer that includes a boost of vitamin D. The move comes on the heels of a new study announced, uh, announcing a connection between the progression of tuberculosis uh, with... I should say within the host, and a deficiency in vitamin D. The beer, which is really just a commercial take on the local homebrew drinks made from sorghum, millet, or cassava, will contain up to 10% of a person's daily recommended dose of vitamin D in one 12-ounce drink. Currently, beer has none. S.A.B. Miller has already seen great success with these commercial answers to the, quote, homebrew problem in Africa, but the vitamin D infusion is a new addition to their existing product lines. The move could be a great ally in the TB-battered regions, such as South Africa, where S.A.B. Miller holds a whopping 60% of the beer market. Hmm. All right, we've got four stories. I will give Damn. you a quick recap, and then we're going to run down the list <laughs> first. Oh, well done, JP, this time. Yeah, these are, these are good stories. Thank you very much. First, Thank we've very got much. Uh, very much. downward logger. Downward facing logger, because it's a position in, like, in a yoga thing. I know. Okay. Uh, I got all of it. <laughs> all right. Because uh, you don't laugh, and I think that it misses you. The folks from Lululemon have uh, produced Curiosity Lager. Curiosity Lager, baby. All right. Uh, is 2016 the year of cider with the uh, Oregon drought? Uh, there might be a hop supply problem. That's your second story. Um, your third story, Bottle Boy, is that uh, rugby is the man sport, so you could lose a tooth and put in an implant that uh, not only functions as a tooth, but also as a bottle opener. And finally, give them the D. People with tuberculosis can now drink a vitamin D uh, fortified beer. 
Those are your four stories today. Why don't we start with Blobber Glop. Uh, Blobber, I will give you the choice. Would you like us to discuss it in the studio before you answer or just give us your decision? No, I'm just going to give it the D. All right. Uh, <laughs> For decision? Right. So is that your <laughs> is that your choice? Is that what you want? <laughs> Why don't you Josh, give it to uh, us? He's, he's sexting. He verbal is. sexting. It's so gross. I think he's... I, Blobber, I think you've been down in that mine a little too long this week. You're, start, mm, you're hitting yeah. on me. Is that code for something? <laughs> I think you're canary. No, I'm, I'm fairly... Uh, I'm... I'm not sure which one the uh, the uh, the uh, vitamin D one sounds kind of weird to me that uh, you try to invest money in a in a continent that has none. But um, and uh, what was the other one about the the yoga pants seemed uh, plausible and the tooth one seems plausible, but the other one water the other sh- one? shortage in Oregon and, and no hops. 2016. Yeah, that one seems possible. But this one, uh, the last one, sounds more impossible. So I'm going with the D. Okay. The D it is. Uh, Morgan, what do you think? Which one's the fake here? Man, I'll tell you what. Uh, I, I I don't know exactly, but I've already made up my mind which one's fake. Okay. Wait, I think what? the first two, <laughs> yeah. one, I don't even remember the first two. Right. So we're going to go ahead and say that those are, are true. If you look at the last two. <laughs> yeah. What do you notice? <laughs> what's, what's number uh, three? Uh, bottle boy. That's bottle the rugby boy. players getting yeah. a bottle opener tooth. So I remember this guy that I used to sell beer to. He was uh, claimed to be a Colombian pilot that had a fake glass eye, and he told me that he had a glass eye because he was shot down by a drug lord and put in a cage and poked with a stick. Yeah. And he used to take bottles of my Jeez. beer and pop the top off with his eye socket. Oh my god. So I think if someone can do that, you can do it with a tooth. Okay. So that's got to be true, right? All right. And then the D, like vitamin D is for sun, right? It, that's, yeah. where you, that's where we get a good portion of it. Right. If uh, other than JP, you leave the house. <laughs> right. the, yeah. the, the people down in Africa, they've got some pretty good tans. Yeah. I think there's a lot racist. of sun down there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> racist. Yeah, that's, that's not that's racist. racist. That's just stating a statement of fact. But no, you, but we'd you all can't, be tan there. But if you yeah. have uh, yeah, there's um, a lot of sun there. Like thyroid there issues or medical issues, uh-huh. you can't actually have lower. You shouldn't be drinking beer if you have thyroid issues. Uh-huh. Talk, talk to your local doctor. Uh, or your guy without a thyroid. Yeah. yeah. I so, wonder if JP arguing the point is uh-huh. ever a sign yeah. about whether or not it's a fake uh-huh. story. Like if the story doesn't oh, hold up uh, on its oh. own. Right, well, I'm just wondering it. out yeah. loud. No, no. Yeah, I, I, good, if you're, if so you're I think correct, I will. I will yeah. correct you in any story. Okay. I think the first two are gimmies. The third one's bullshit. That's got to be true. Uh, tooth eye socket. You can do it. Uh, the D, yep. give me the D. I'm thinking JP hasn't <laughs> used his D in so long. <laughs> He's going to make up a story <laughs> pertaining to that. Okay. I think that's the fake one. All right. That's, uh, <laughs> use that shit last night. Yeah, you And did. today. <laughs> to pee. By yourself doesn't count. <laughs> oh. All right. Oh, that's man. two for two saying that the D is fake. Uh, let's go to HH in Georgia. HH, what do you think, man? I think if anybody's going to know about thyroid issues at BJP, that makes sense to me. Yep. Um, it's true. He's lost his. Does he even have a thyroid? Not anymore. No, Not anymore. No. Yeah. So. yeah. He doesn't know anything about thyroid. Right. <laughs> if he knew enough, he would keep it. I think what he knows is that they suck, apparently. Right. Yeah, they'll give you issues. <laughs> yeah. Keep in mind, he's a lying sack of shit for this whole thing. <laughs> Right. So whatever he's at. <laughs> no, let's not trust this. Doesn't matter. Thyroidless guy over here. Yeah. 
All right, HH, what do you yeah, think? But, but, I, but I can't imagine that there would be any sort of vitamin D problem in Africa. <laughs> so that sounds like bullshit. Okay. Another racist, great. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Give me the D. All right. All right, another one for the D. Wow. Man. All right, Tasty, where are you at on this? Man, I hate to jump the D shit, but... Uh, Tasty's going D-D. I want them all to be true, except for the rugby. Uh, you want that to be fake? I want that to be fake, so... Why do you want that to be fake? Uh, I just want it to be fake. Okay. You yeah. want yeah. Africans Fair to enough. die of tuberculosis? Yeah, I was going to say, you want people oh, well, in Africa no, to I, die? I just think they are true. I mean, oh, you are you want jealous that people can open bottles with their mouth and you can't? Yeah, I don't think there's no yeah. Yeah. I am a little, so I'm, 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 I'm I mean, a little yeah, bit with Tasty. What would be the warranty on that on that device? I mean, oh, man. I mean, like... You know, every thousand bottles, you gotta go back to the. You get, uh, for like a, a, a sharp yeah. yeah. It's gotta be something like that. You know? Yeah. So I, cry, I call yeah. bullshit. All right. So rugby tooth is bullshit for you. Yeah. Anything goes in Argentina. You can go right. get a, a tit jump or a quarter. <laughs> right. So, you know. All right. Now, Josh, you're from Oregon, so maybe you've got a little inside info on at least one of these stories. What do you think, buddy? Well, yeah, this is easy. And, uh, you know, I'm not gonna name drop like I know Pablo Escobar or El Chapo or. <laughs> Flew in a plane and got shot down or anything like that. But number one is total bullshit. All right. And uh, the rest of them are true. Okay, so you're going downward logger. You, you know, when you when he said the yoga pants thing, he sounded like the guy in the Costco that's trying to sell you a $500 blender, and you can't figure out why it's $500. <laughs> but he's really excited about it. He's yeah. got the earpiece on. That's, that's what I heard with the yoga pants thing. There was really no story there other than it's curiosity ale, and nobody really knows what the hell it is. You know, so I, I like your assessment bullshit. here. And the more you ask the guy in the Costco why it's $500, the more he just runs circles around and he goes, well, you can make did I mention how many no, horsepower no, it is? It, you know. Yeah, he, well, he just starts ramming pineapples through it and just, oh, what? You, <laughs> oh, you want to know why? Watch this pineapple. <laughs> Give me your cell phone. I'll show you why it's $500. Nice. MSRP is 600 exactly. We're giving you $100 okay. off. Smart guy. Okay. Yeah, and you're like, hey, you know, I got Black and Decker for thirty bucks at Walmart. Wow, yeah. wow, wow! Watch. The I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. It makes a, it makes a mean margarita. <laughs> All right, Brendan from Australia. What do you think, man? I think the water shortage is a bit of bullshit because. I think Californians would export all their water up there to make sure there's enough hops for their IPA. <laughs> we don't have any to export. <laughs> right. Even what you've got left. You know, <laughs> we would do, out yeah. of the loo, up there, you know, <laughs> Whatever, out of the yeah. toilet, straight up there. It doesn't matter. Just keep yeah. the hops going. Yeah. Um, I think it's number four. Okay. I just think that the vitamin D, you know, um, I do know people who have a darker skin who have had vitamin D deficiencies, but I'm just thinking that's going to be... You yes. think the, also, the fake is the D? Yes. Okay. <laughs> The D is fake. <laughs> That's what I tell Kate every night. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give me the D. It's not, it's it's not fake. real. Uh, all right, and let's go to Nick in Pismo Beach. Nick, what are you thinking, man? Uh, I'm still stuck between B and D. Okay. You didn't hear uh, any of them, maybe, did you, Nick? Maybe, uh, <laughs> you have no, no, no I, I heard all of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> The B is the, uh, the Oregon not having enough water, right? Okay, yep, that's right. Well, you know, I, I kind of want to know what, what Tasty's got to think about it. Well, Tasty went for, uh, he thinks that the rugby tooth is the fake story. Well, has he ever played rugby? Tasty? <laughs> you ever played rugby? I don't know why this is valid, but I'm well, going to no, I'll I, accept I, the question. I understand the, you know, the physics of having a... <clears throat> You know, a jaw and, you know, implants. And, 
chewing. <laughs> I do have a jaw of a mouth. Yeah. You know, what it might take to you know be popping a few beers off that thing. Okay. And you know I don't think it, it, it's going to show some wear and tear. Yeah. So Tasty saying no to rugby. Yeah, well, I've seen a lot of Puerto Ricans open bottles with their teeth. So. What just happened on this program? <laughs> wow! How did we go from? He was just—he uh, just said Puerto Ricans. Like, yeah. He didn't say Haitians. They don't apparently, yeah. you know, afford bottles of beer. All right. So, which one's the fake one? Um, you know, uh, I'm guessing B. All right. So he's saying the Oregon drought is not in effect. There will not be a hop shortage. All right. Moscow, where are you at on this? Well, here's the thing about people from the Dominican Republic. They, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I'm thinking that uh, Lululemon has got to be BS. Why would a company that specializes in uh, exercise clothing, expensive though as it may be, why would they get into the beer biz? It, it doesn't make any sense. Like, we're going to sponsor this thing that makes no one be able to fit into the pants we make. So, they are uh, stretchy pants. Remember, stories yeah, that make no true. sense last part of JP's. Bullshit. Yeah. Remember that? Uh, it's yeah. all bullshit. It, I, it is all bullshit. Right. It's so tough. I can see your <laughs> point, Tasty, about the tooth thing. That's like, yeah, how, how could it last more than a few weeks? You pop that thing right yeah. out of your mouth. That's right. Yeah. They're actually all fake. It's somebody <laughs> all. I'm, I'm going the Lululemon. I don't buy it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Beardy, where you at, buddy? So I was torn between uh, the, the Oregon water shortage because, to me, I'm not a cartographer, but Yakima is Washington to me. And so when he mixed in Yakima and Oregon together... Oh, that kind of made me like, hmm, is that weird reporting or am I just that stupid? Which both are possible. Well, that um, reporter might mix up his states. Right. The port reporter from yeah, Oregon. This report, uh, that well, reporter. there's the city of Yakima and then there's the valley. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I didn't know how big the valley was uh, if it spanned two states. No, oh, you're real stupid. Um, yeah, I know. All right. I left that as open. Okay. Um, and then also the vitamin D being in Africa. There's a lot of sun and places to tan in Africa. And also, <laughs> Jesus, are you stupid? Um, I think that D is fake because Miller wouldn't spend the money marketing their D-enriched beer to these sick people. Okay. That leaves it to me. Leaves it to you, buddy. <clears throat> I got I got I have... You sound like Kermit the Frog right there. Yeah, I've got issues. So... But do you have the D? I, I can... <laughs> He's got a D I shortage. can buy the D... Uh, the whole story you made up behind it. Uh, you can buy the D. Yeah, right lots of people can buy the D. Right on the corner here. The whole story made up behind it is somewhat irrelevant. There are vitamin fortified everything. What's mm-hmm. the, eh, I don't you know, the D. Okay. Uh, it does make me a little concerned that everybody's doing it, uh, the D. <laughs> so <laughs> it makes me want to... Makes me want to jump off the cliff as well. Yeah. Or does it make you want to do the D? Yeah. Right. Climb on the D. Uh, there's no room for everybody. I'm not sure. Did, is anybody questioning whether or not there's a drought in Oregon? That is the, no one has picked that. No, I heard that. Uh, that was um, I, I was I torn between. That. So there two. is a drought in Oregon. Oh my God, yes, there is. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. That's what I needed to know. Yeah. Good. That eliminates one for me. Yeah, you forget that one. Uh, that then true. I'll tell you. I've been kind of with Josh the whole time on this one. That the story about downward lager Lulu lemon balls just doesn't really yeah. uh, downward facing. Lager. I understand. Uh, it just doesn't, you know, something doesn't add up there. Right, yeah. Josh? It just doesn't, uh, I don't know. It's a weird name. And you mixed in a lot of things in one story. There was a little bit of essential oils in the story. There were yoga positions. <laughs> I think there, was a, there was a beer that, doesn't, yeah. that no one knows yeah. about. Uh, well, it's not released yet. So, a lot of red herring. 
Thank you. I'm going with uh, downward-facing logger. Yeah, I know. As the fake story. That mm-hmm. makes me Justin and Josh. On this one. And, uh, okay, so there you go. I think that's, that, that, that's all of us. Go ahead, JP. Let us know what the deal is. Well, the deal? <laughs> uh, well, uh, those of you who were questioning the, sh- uh, the, uh, the drought in Oregon, uh, there is, in fact, a drought. And uh, 2016 could become the year for cider. Or mm. Gruet. That is actually uh, true. That's, it could no. definitely be for Gruet. Um, so, yes, we could see Oregon-grown hops coming in at 10% or, or below last year's number. Uh, and when I was researching this uh, for this article... The German thing was real. Like some people are predicting a fifty percent drop in the harvest in in Germany and European hops in general this year. That's oh, going to be boy. a disaster. Wow. Yes, it's another gonna, one. Like sixteen minimum, and some people are going like, if we don't get rain in the next five to six days, we're gonna it's going to be fucked. Tasty, we better get that uh, hop grenade IPA brewed yeah. fast, huh? Really? <laughs> Shit's about to hit the Shit's about to hit the fan. I think that recipe's ready, by the way. Okay, good. I think that was. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. Anyway, all right. Um, so that one's real. Yes, and okay. for those of you who are always padding your pockets looking for that bottle opener, just head down to Argentina and become a rugby player. <laughs> wow. Uh, the Salta beer tooth <laughs> implant oh, is real. Wow. Uh, Salta wow. beer is a, uh, as everybody knows. I want to know that I'm. A- Bottles to get open with it. Wow. It's a, <laughs> Before a, it pops out again. a warranty. It's a beer producer in Argentina. I think it's one of the country's largest. And uh, there is this, uh, they're doing this little marketing thing. And the, the video's out there. You can look up Salta Beer Tooth. Uh, it's pretty amazing. And, it, you know, you get the, the implant first, and it takes two months to heal. Mm-hmm. Before Further. you can open a bottle, yeah. and then they screw in, and the the, the implant it looks like this long with a screw like yeah. that long, right. like two yeah. inches long. They, they set put the post yeah. way in your they put jaw, it in your, <laughs> into your jaw, and these and these fucking dudes are at bars just popping beer bottles with their the tooth opener. It's that's a real thing. So hot. I, that's badass, right, Bevo? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, and so in the video, really, it's like a two minute long video when they're explaining how they each lost All their right. tooth. And hang on, Bevo, was that sarcasm or no, is that super hot? Right, like <laughs> this dude just like pops out a. A bottle. Well, generally, rugby, 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 rugby players have okay bodies. So to see a manly man <laughs> like Brendan here, right? Popping off a uh, beer, yeah, I, I find that okay. I have issues. It's fine. Brendan, right. move along. Sounds can good. you say like, can I open it for you, ma'am? Say something like that. I have to talk to can my I open it for you, ma'am? Yes, you can. <laughs> I think, I think it's already open. Sam, Sam, got, <laughs> Sam, Sam just got a ticket booked to Argentina yeah. for himself. <laughs> All right, so that's real. Oh, I stand corrected. Thank you. I love it. I'm so happy that's real. Check out the video because it it shows uh, uh, mind-jarring photos, imagery of the surgery. Of the procedure. So if you have a tooth fetish at all. God, where is Doc when we need him? I just want to talk about this Uh, procedure. He's learning the procedure on YouTube right now. I'm I'm still not impressed, though. I saw a guy open it with his eyeball (laughs) socket. I'm not impressed. He needed implants. No, No, he was right there with his eyeball. Good call. Uh, Good call. Gross. I know that that vitamin D infused beer is is or is, uh, is true. No. I know it's true. Nope. 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 All right. He's down to two stories. Yeah, and I don't know how to. I don't know how to to, to let you down. And I'm on. I don't know. <laughs> the D does hurt. Well, sometimes. maximize the drama, please. <laughs> I'm gonna try. Um, for everybody who's a fan of the hundred dollar yoga pant, mm-hmm. you can uh, soon in August. Uh, mid-August, you can go to the Lululemon Festival somewhere in Vancouver oh. and buy Curiosity Lager. God damn it! Oh, man. After your downward 
facing dog. That Come is the on. stupidest thing I've ever heard. Um, and to Scott, to your point, what Lululemon is doing, which I know way too much about this stupid company now, yeah. um, they're getting into the male clothing line. And so they're targeting men's. With the Curiosity Lager made with lemon drop. God off. damn it! What yeah. is it? What, so they, are they making like jeans for men? What, what are the yeah, pants? Yeah, it's like a like yeah, like a, a stretchy a, jeans, a, a non <laughs> stretchy, stretchy black jeans. Actually, they they call it a, an ABC pant, which is an anti ball crushing pant. Wow! <laughs> are you serious? Where to God? How they should just they? give them out to all brewers. Yeah, I could use some of those. Part of this campaign. See my balls. Wow! I need those. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. So that makes uh, give them the D. The no. false God story. I'm so yeah. upset about this. However, oh, it was based on a lot of sound science that I knew that you guys would be too dumb to figure out. <laughs> um, there is a study that is linking a rise in tuberculosis within the body and to a, a deficiency in vitamin D. Okay. So you guys have learned something. Right. Though. You just picked huh. Africa. But the wrong spot. If no, you pick like no, Greenland, that's where, no, that's where yeah. you knew that you would. You knew that was, you would distract us with racism. Yes, <laughs> right. the study was done from uh, participants in Africa and Pakistan. Mm. But mm. it's fake, so they weren't really. Both very right. sunny places. Yeah, no. when, yeah, when is it going to get real? All this science. The only, the only Mar- we're all still listening. Like, wait, really? Yeah, and Morgan's like, no, it's fake. It's you idiot. Real. The, only, the only thing that's fake about the story. Oh. Is that Sab Miller is making a vitamin efficient, uh, sure, you know, homebrew with like a sorghum and millet or JP, whatever? I don't Everything know. Else when, is I don't know when to believe you. So it has components of truth. Yeah, this sounds. <laughs> but right. That's good though. And he picked Sab. Mm. No, it's always yeah. been like good. that. Yeah. Not, All right, he's not the one that's approved. Okay, so well that go. means that uh, Blobberglop H and HH are our uh, contestant winners on the phone. Damn it! Well done. Well done. Uh, you will both receive a prize uh, from the lovely Bevo, Bevo at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send her your information. Um, and uh, Actually, I can just leave everybody on the line, probably. You can talk to them. Or no, just, they should just email me. All right, email Bevo at thebrewingnetwork.com. Uh, that's Bob, uh, sorry, a Blob and HH. Uh, Blobberglop, Bob, thanks for playing. Blobbergob. Blobbergob. <laughs> Can't read my own writing. That's my new name. Yeah, I'm going to move it over to Bob. I mean, Blobber, it's, Blobber, it's been too Bob. long. Yeah. Yeah. It's been yeah, Robert. Robert. It. <laughs> all right, I'll go Robert. Robert. <laughs> Uh, all right. Anything else, uh, Robert? No, I'm good. Thanks. I uh, have a good time and uh, peace out. All right. Thanks, buddy. Have a nice good time. Uh, thanks general. to all of our contestants, HH, Josh, and Nick. Uh, HH, uh, make sure you email Bevo as well. That's uh, another fun game. Uh, also, of our people in the room, uh, Morgan uh, won the game. Uh, Brendan from Australia won the game. Thank you very much. Yeah, well done. And Beardy. Won the game uh, once again. <laughs> you sounded so uh, excited. Moscow and I lost the game. <laughs> suck at this game. And taste. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if I've won one yet. I think once. I don't think I have. I've got a pretty good record, even though I lost big today. <laughs> yeah, Tasty's. I took right. a long shot. Yeah, yeah I, I blame Josh. He threw me off. Yeah, with, uh, with his Costco description. We all we all learned who the PC people are in the room. <laughs> I also I hang out with JP too much because the he throws me off with saying things that we've had conversations about outside of the studio. We on our twelve. <laughs> Hour drive, we were talking about essential oils and the ridiculousness of these things. And so he threw that in the story, and I was like, that motherfucker. He, he either did that to throw me off the trail, or, or it is the trail. 
That's what got me. It was that one, those two words, man. Well, and you have to, to, to recognize, you know, what was supposed to be my commentary versus the story. Right. So, yeah. Um, you fail. But, that, no, uh, but to people who are, who are asking about, like, where's the content in that story, there is no content. It's, it's like a two-paragraph <laughs> story. You agree with us, yeah. right? That's it. There's nothing, there's nothing to write about ever. So I had to, I had to fill it with some bullshit. There's also a lot of numbers in there. You could tell he was trying to fool people with all the numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the D. And the D. I, yeah. cu- I couldn't yeah. tell that, Morgan. Thanks. Yeah, yeah everyone can tell. Yeah. I, I couldn't yeah. tell. Yeah, I just always worry about the one that's too obvious. Like, it was it was just too obvious. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. All right. While we're at it, don't forget that you can go over to adamandeve.com right now and buy dildos or anything else uh, that you wish to buy that you don't want to buy at that creepy store down the street. Go to adamandeve.com. And you get 50% off just about any wine item. You get uh, 10, I think, free adult DVDs from all sorts of different genres. Yeah. Uh, you get free shipping. You get a gift for him. Essential oils. A gift for her. <laughs> I'm sure More they have essential some oils. essential oils. A gift for you both. Lubricating oils. Frottage. <laughs> right. yeah. um, finger to finger. Docking. <laughs> You get all sorts of stuff just by using coupon code BNARMY. That's B-N-A-R-M-Y. Uh, help us help you in the bedroom. By going to Because let's face it, you need it. Yeah. And she wants the D, clearly. She right. wants the D. Yeah. There's a D shortage. Yeah, don't let the D be fake. Or if it's going to be fake, get it from adamandeve.com. Yeah, let that fake be quality. Coupon code BNARMY. All right, what was our Twitter game tonight, JP? Our Twitter game was uh, how can we be sustainable and sustain things much like our special guests here today? Okay. Anything, just sustain things. Doesn't matter what it is, right. anything. All right. Uh, a name you're familiar with, HH. He says, if Justin catches a side boob on the Labruski cabin, there will be a sustained, well, you know. Are half going to be uh, dick jokes? Chris. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think about if that's true. I'm pretty sure I've seen side, Bevo side boob already. I feel like side boob is the same as top boob, like cleavage. Yeah, yeah. it is. And I, I don't get It's just more well, pale. Look, I'm never going to show you my boobs because now... You you have them like they're held so high. Yeah, yeah they're like the, and, like, they're the like, holy grail of boobs. You, and you would see them and let's remember I have had a child. Abby did some damage. This is not that cute. It'll, you don't want to hear ah oh, shit. Oh, Those are them. <laughs> or you just look at me and then just promptly turn around and throw up. Like I can't handle. Can you put this away, uh, poor Sam. <laughs> All right, her boobs like, look weird. The anti boner. All right, so side boob from HH, all right. Uh, Brian Smith says, just eat more tasty cookies and do not worry about it. So don't worry about sustainability when you're on tasty cookies. All right, yeah. Brandon Martin says, uh, study Tasty's boner, which has been sustained for longer than most people live. (laughs) (laughs) Who's that guy? Wait, who is that? Brandon Martin. What? uh, His Twitter name is Jizz with Fizz. Oh, oh, oh. Nice yeah. so there like you go. A, like a punch. He's into Everyone tasty. Follow him. Into it, yeah. All right. Uh, Chris Lewis says establish tests for new breweries before entering the market. Wasting hops should be a crime against civilization. Oh, all right. Well, that's a very yeah, legitimate one. Really that sounds answer. true. I like yeah. that. I don't know how to deal with that. I don't know how to deal with it either. <laughs> um, some guy called Brendan Abbott. <laughs> yeah. Uh, says uh, be like Justin and don't brew. Winky smiley face. That's true. Yeah. That, uh, you can sustain lots of shit by not brewing. <laughs> I'm going to write that one down. You should. Don't waste much water doing that. He's also standing right here. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Wingert uh, says, recycle the same jokes for 10 years. Wait, you're already doing that. Oh, I like it. I Burn like board. It. Doing our oh, part. Kelly, yeah. you owe me a beer. What's that broad's name? Kelly Wingert. <laughs> and it's a guy. <laughs> Whatever. <Yeah. laughs> Rude. All right. Uh, Chris Rogers says, uh, JP will not allow such stupid things as sustainability. He no cares. 
Mm. I don't like it. Apparently from our hashtag game the other day. Which is JP don't care. <laughs> JP don't care. Uh, Zachary Clark says, uh, shave Beardy's beard and donate it to make wigs for babies with cancer. Mm. Why give it to babies? <laughs> because they have cancer. What but if, they don't have... They're, they're not going to notice not having hair. Send me an email on that kind of thing. Well, yeah, I don't like that one. It's, shut, it's, I think it's hilarious. It's too thought Imagine a baby with a pubic hair as a wig and I'd having rather cancer. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> All right. Well, whatever. Uh, Ian Winger says, funnier jokes and get rid of Major Jip. That might sustain some interest in you asshats and your show. Oh, I don't like that one either. Oh, that was pretty good. Uh, Something in my eye says, go to the drugstore and buy some Mandalay. Hashtag Tasty's Problems. I don't know what Mandalay is. What is, is there such a thing? Yeah, what is that? Is that like Mandalay like, Bay? Mandalay like, Bay, yeah. Yeah, man, Mandalay, not like a mandolin. Is like, Mandalay like a cream that you use? It's a numbing to, gel, right? right? It's a numbing yeah. gel. Is, that, is, is it like it a those, thing? Those herbal supplements name? that they sell at the gas station? For, I guess so. Oh, for a sexual arousal. That, well, like for delayed. Why am I not surprised you know what those are? A sustained reaction. Fine. Why don't you what it is? Sure. Just use coke like a human being. Uh, Who who did that one? Something in my eye. All right. People are very interested in his sexuality. Do you have one more good one (laughs) instead of five more good ones? For example. Well, uh, pick your best one of the next. Okay, I have one more. Fine. I'll save the uh, shitload. I'll save the other one. And they're not great. No, they're not. They're not that good. So we can uh, wrap it up. One was, you know, plug yeah. for me. But I'll, just, I'll skip that one. I'll skip that one. I'll put myself aside for the show. Thank you. Uh, Blobbergop says, uh, "Convert Tasty's corpse to oils for more THC than the entire continent could ever need." Okay, <laughs> couple tasty ones in here tonight. Uh, All right, here were my finalists. Uh, see what you guys think. Uh, HH uh, said, "Side boob will keep me sustained." Okay, uh, Brandon. Said that uh, we should study Tasty's boner. He's had it for longer than most of us have been alive, yes, he thinks. all of his boners. Brendan. Uh, I forgot what Brendan said because I can't read my Be writing. Be like Justin and don't brew. Oh, yeah, don't brew. Winky, That's what it says. Winky smiley face. Amazing. I can't read my own writing. Uh, uh, Kelly, that broad, wrote in, uh, recycle our jokes for 10 years. That's sustainability. Um, eyeball bottle opener guy. What was his name? Person's name? HH. Brandon. Uh, something in the eye. I have a thing in oh, the eye. Oh, something in my eye. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> something uh, in my eye. Man, Mandalay yes. was his uh, go by Mandalay. <laughs> yes. Like that, that made it to your top? <laughs> Hashtag Tasty's problem. No, they wouldn't see. I told you, none of them were very good. Well, and then finally, Blobberglop chimed in that uh, we should uh, burn Tasty for all his THC yeah, or something this? like that. Convert his corpse to, so essentially extract the THC right. oils from his fat. Right. And, we, and then the whole <laughs> continent. Because that's well, where it's stored. We could all get, yeah. 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 They weren't half dick jokes, they were half tasty jokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Same well, thing. Well, some I, people think you're. Di- should we narrow boob. these down to three? Because that's, that's six. We can narrow them down to two, just side boob. What do you think? Side, side boob. <laughs> oh, I'm a big fan of side boob. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> likes that one as the. I do, fan yeah, of side boob. All right, that's in the running. <laughs> that's in the running. You know Anybody else want to put another one side in, the, in the running to narrow them down? Or does everyone just want to go with side boob? I like side I liked the THC gets? harvesting one. Okay. Oh, I liked I liked uh, Kelly's joke that you know she was pretty funny. Recycle jokes. Yeah. All right, we'll put those three yeah, in it. All right. Three. All right. Raise your hand if it's side boob right now. Um, that's one, two, three votes right there. It's Bevo side boob, not just any side boob. Right. It was, right. And my boner, by the way, right. so if that helps you <laughs> right. too, Beardy. If you want to think about all the body parts, then you know you can't leave my body part out of it. Is it like a side view of right. your boner? That's why I'm not voting for it. <laughs> I think so. Nice. Yeah, which is the same as the front oh, view, wow. except for more crooked. Yeah. 
just so you know. Uh, and then finally, Kelly, uh, not finally, also Kelly, uh, recycled jokes for 10 years. I like that one. I'm going to give that, that one my funny. vote. That's two votes. And then uh, what about uh, Burning Tasty for his THC? Uh, that's one, two votes. Side boob is the winner. All right. All, right. All right. Well done. HH. HH. Wow, did he win twice tonight? He, may, uh, he won twice tonight because yeah, he, he also know. picked the D. Big winner. All double right. H, we win. have a couple shirts we've been trying to get rid of for three years that we can send to you, buddy. Fitted from the sun and everything. I may have already sent those to him. He's a he's a consistent winner. Is, and is he a big guy? Like, are we sending all our 4Xs over there? So. Shit. We still got to get rid of those. We, yeah. we need fat people to play the games, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're... If you're sitting at home on a Monday night and you're and you're large, participate. Husky. We got sh- we got Husky, shirts for you. Fat. Thank you. Sorry. Disgustingly, morbidly obese. <laughs> Thank you. If you can't leave your living room, call in. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck else you got to do right, yeah. on a Monday night? If, you're, if your tailor is, is a tent maker, <laughs> call in. Oh, God. Anybody else? We, let's see. We did the Africans tonight. We did the Puerto Ricans. Uh, now we've done the. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to figure out if there's anybody left for tonight. Uh, uh, said something about Haitians, but it's, they're essentially the same thing. The as Puerto Jews Rica, are easy, right? Let's get the Jews, probably the women. Haitians. I mean, I think we usually do the women. <laughs> the know. women, the gays. Um, Have we touched on the gays? <laughs> I don't think so. That we left oh, them no, alone Tati- tonight. Tacy said something about a canary being gay. Okay, okay there you go. We got them yeah, too. Yeah, we got them all. Uh, New Zealand, yeah, Kiwis. Kiwis. Uh, we, I don't think we got the Kiwis. We got the Australians a little bit. We got yeah. the Canadians. We did get the Canadians, which is Australian light. Welcome yeah. to the racist show, people. <laughs> None of these are race of people. Just, just things. Yeah. All right. I think that is it for us tonight. Uh, we are off the air uh, next week. Yeah. Oh. Excited about that. Oh. Going to Mexico. We'll see if we come back. Um, Schumann's little brother, Shoe Light, is getting married. Yeah. Down in Mexico. We're not taking the RV down there, are we? <laughs> I was thinking about it. You know, that thing's a champ. Uh, man, what, there uh, aren't any yeah, large hills, It's right? not even downhill. It'll be fine. Well, it's downhill on the way there. Yeah, the grapevine, but that's like, you know, 35 miles of a gradual two-degree decline, right? <laughs> Somebody asked me, are you going to tell Jamel? And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I can't. I can't do it. Uh, he listens to the show. He listens to this show, you know. Oh, shit. Why? <laughs> I thought maybe you got too busy. I mean, what? No, no. <laughs> I just feel like why? He was so nice. The RV. Uh, Let's call him and ask him. He's not going to be happy. (laughs) Fire extinguisher. I, mean, I should I should be yelling at him for yeah. leaving the expired yeah. fire extinguisher. How, how long is the warranty on that thing? Yes, <laughs> trying to kill me or what? Fire extinguisher was busted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No That's handle. That's a safety hazard. Yeah, uh, yeah. The fire was user error, but the ability to put it out—that's you know. Yeah, yeah. Those should have been checked. You gotta right. sue that sue him by That's the correct. person who purchased. <laughs> Said RV. Yeah, I have like fifty fire extinguishers no, that, from Winterfest in my backyard. I'm pretty sure I'm going to put all of them in the RV for the next trip. <laughs> the weight, the load will be too much. There'll be one under, you know, those compartments underneath the RV. One compartment will be completely dedicated to fire extinguishers. One of these has to work. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be the section that catches on fire. Was, yeah. right? <laughs> because the door to that compartment, they will, will be on fire. And in all honesty, I have seen breaks smoke before, so I really. Was just getting out as a precaution, huh. but I was positive there's no way this thing's on fire. Well, <laughs> and, and so far, totally on fire. And, and you still have not reevaluated your driving. Yeah. Oh. I've seen on fire it's, or smoking. It's fine. That's because I drive in harsh elements. Like the Australians, they know what I'm talking about. They're, it's harsh out there, and you got yeah, to be willing to. But you can pick what road you're going to go on. Well, that I admitted I did wrong. Yeah. I picked but isn't Australia <laughs> flat? It's got like one rock, right? Right. 
Uh, yes, entirely. It's yeah. where they all live under. It's real weird. <laughs> it's um, cool under there. And if the RV was in better shape, uh, so you could have gotten in to get the fire extinguisher that didn't work faster had we not been forced to deadbolt the door because that flies open on the road. That's so true. The door the occasionally year. flies yeah. open, so we have to deadbolt it, which is why I had to like scream and yell and You're bang. Like, open the door quickly right now! And I'm like, I... Yeah! <laughs> uh, could true. be worse, though. Uh, real quick... Pushes on the way home. You got to ride home with uh, Sven from yeah. Kinetic. Yeah. Uh, they hit a bump in the fast lane. Their trailer jumped the hitch and was being, oh. and was being towed on the freeway by the oh. chain. By the chain. Oh. So they pull over and they get that. All his gear's fine. He stops by Kinetic to do a, a, a quick photo shoot. Someone hits his car oh in the parking lot. Wow. Then he goes to the uh, to the gas station on the way home and fills up with gas. The uh, the arm, the gas thing or whatever, pops out. And sprays gas everywhere. Oh, weah. wow. Lights a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, lights a cigarette. Good thing his brakes were on fire. Yeah. You're so, uh, Final Destination. <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> like, Someone check in on him right now. Right. And the, before the whole trip started, he's like, man, some guy knocked my coffee over at the airport. I have a bad <laughs> right. feeling about this trip. Uh, <laughs> he did say that. Yeah. yeah, he did. And I'm going, So uh, it was Push's fault. He was the jinx. He's the jinx. He went south. Yeah. What you guys and he are... farts a lot. You know what the thing is about that trailer situation? I, I'm pretty sure they don't have a very large trailer. I have seen that happen, and the uh, the, the the hitch part of the trailer, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, there has a name that's not hitch. Uh, the hitch is what comes off of your car, and then Will there's Smith. the pole receiver. that comes. There, thank you. The receiver. A lot of times when that happens, especially if it's like a smaller trailer, yeah. that thing digs in the ground like cons- yeah. like think about a pole vaulter. <laughs> it hits the ground, and the trailer behind it goes yeah. flying like through the. I've seen it happen. Wow. Right. Not then, on my own vehicle. But then you don't have to stop because now the trailer's uh, on top of your car, <laughs> so you can just keep going at that yeah. point. So I feel like, it, all in all, we're all pretty lucky. Yeah. <laughs> we're driving down the, down the road, and he sends a text, we almost killed a bunch of people. <laughs> Seriously, because the trailer headed the other direction, yeah. right? And it was just held on by the safety chain. This is one of those moments where you're like, you know, the reason we have safe, safety chains is because this happens. Yes. It's not one of those things that's like a irrelevant some uh, law, rule, like some stupid law. Someone like, decided to pass for like, no reason. This like, happens, right. so you have to have these safety chains. <laughs> right. Instead of inventing a receiver and hitch situation where that can't happen, yeah. we just continue to change to the change to the cars. Well, clearly they work. Yeah, Warren, <laughs> why don't you don't worry about it? If it ain't broke. Uh, Maybe I could be on the, the edge of inventing something that'll make me a lot of money. It's like brakes that catch on fire. Why fix that when we have fire extinguishers, right? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> yeah. They're so why much cheaper hard? and faster. Fire extinguishers. Just fucking spray it down. Instead of driving response, crack a beer, <laughs> wait an hour, <laughs> move on. Why don't we should wrap crack them in glycol beer. chillers? That's what we should do. Oh, oh, keep it cool beers. all the time. See, Morgan gets me. I feel like he's an idiot too. <laughs> he he's like, you know, oh, they don't they don't want my old burner that doesn't fit emission standards. I'll just Google how to build one. He gets how is me. that like? And then that? also when because, that? because then he's like, and then as I do that, they want they want to know all these numbers and regulations. Yes, I'll it. just build it and see if they notice. This this is why Morgan gets me. Brakes are on fire. Panic like a bitch. Yeah, and then drive home. Spray them down. Drive home. (laughs) Pour water on hot brakes and drive home. Sixty thousand dollars for a burner. Suck it. I'll build it. You won't even know the difference. (laughs) Because America. That's why. Because America. (laughs) Thank you. You are true patriots. Because America. It was a harrowing ride home, Jay. But uh, (laughs) I trusted you. You did. I got us home just all right. I'm glad that you trusted me. I was confident all the way.
Well, and mm. his life is over in a month and a half. So what does he care? Yeah. 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 Well, Meanwhile, I have cancer, JP. I didn't let you know that. But, uh, there was, was one point right short. when we were entering Yosemite, I think, you look at me and you go, Opa made the right decision. <laughs> it's true. Can't go back down. I'm like, seriously? There's hope? And here's why I, made, I said I was being honest, too, because um, the grade up from the Mammoth Lake side is pretty gnarly. Yeah. So once we got like a good portion up that, I knew that whatever was on the other side isn't any worse than what's behind it. We're fucked either way. <laughs> right. So right. I did look over and go, well, yeah, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. We made it. Here you are. It's fine. All right. Morgan, thanks for coming in and hanging out with us, man. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. It was great to learn about sustainable brewing. For sure. And uh, the new ale industries down in Oakland. Go see them in Fruitvale. It's right near BART. Right off of BART, my uh, block and a half. And the tasting room is open quite often? Seven days a week. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Open at 4 o'clock on the weekdays, noon on the weekends. Beautiful. Yeah. And then also right here in Concord, you can go over to the Pig and Pickle and also open seven days, right? Seven days a week, yeah. And food, too. Food, too. You can uh, you can get your beer on. You can get your food on. Both Ale Industries beer and then uh, a lot of bottled beer and all sorts yeah. of stuff. Right around the corner here. You can do the whole beer tour. EJ Fair, Hop Grenade, Pig in the Pickle. And then you can get on BART, which is only two blocks away, and, and head down to Oakland. Nightcap in Oakland. I love it. All right. Thanks again, Morgan. I get appreciate it. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> yeah, that happens at night. Uh, do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Are we done? Yeah, yes. we're done. All right, get us out of here. We're off next week. We'll see you when we come back. Thanks, JP. Do something. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. Morgan from Ale Industries came out to talk about brewery sustainability, along with our second special guest, John, from Brewery Terra Firma. You can find them at aleindustries.com and breweryterraferma.com, respectively. If you just can't get enough of JP, check out his non-beer, Disneyland-centric podcast, Ears Up. Learn a thing or two over at earsuppodcast.com, and remember that's ears with a Z. For some good beer insight and homebrew info, follow Nate Smith and Nathan Homebrew and Mike McDowell at Tasty McDee. Production director on the session has been Push Eject. Today's show has been produced by Scott Moskowitz. JP was training to become a brake technician. Viva was cloaking her side boob. And your new Underberg fan was Justin Crosley. I clearly reported this uh, last week. Be sure to find the Brew Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Justin's in my sky and winning the race, J.P.